It's good to be back. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Thanks to uh, Gary Stein and Stan the Fan Charles for holding down the fort yesterday while I was working my way back from the Midwest. Griffin is here with me. Got a lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Obviously, the Ravens win last night. They improved the 6-3. and three. Thanks to those of you who joined us for Project Game Day at halftime and the Baltimore Game Day Uncensored postgame show over on the Fan postgame. Had a lovely evening, obviously, as the Ravens were not particularly threatened in a 27-13 win in New Orleans, now 6-3 and three on the year. Kadri Ismail will join us in just a bit. We will discuss that. We'll get into pats on the ass a little bit later on in the program. Again, a Tuesday edition. It seems to it's, people struggle when we do these on, on different days. It's just the day after the game. It's not hard. I know it. I guess it will be awkward if the Ravens were to play on a Friday or a Saturday at some point, because then we'd be doing it a couple of days later. But I think right now it, it shouldn't be difficult. They played yesterday, then we do it today. I think you guys can do it. I believe in you. Get me yours, Zach Line Clark Radio on Twitter. Again, two offensive players, two defensive players, special teams player. I, the fifth can be a special teams player, a coach, or another offensive or defensive player. Whoever you'd like. Rank them 5-1 to one with number one being your man of the match. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll share them during the course of the show. Uh, it is Tuesday, so we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Our guy Joe Serpico will join us. Press Box uh, Fantasy Football Analyst. Also, Tuesdays throughout college basketball season, our pal Patrick Stevens will be checking in with us. College basketball season got underway last night. I cannot lie. I did not get to watch any of it. Ravens are playing. It's what it was. So Patrick will tell me what happened. That's the way. Oh, it I was uh, working the Towson game. I'll be one of their uh, replay text. Oh, look at you! So I was a uh, I was does, boots does, on the uh, boots on the ground at CQ does, Arena. Uh, does Dixie? Does Dixie now? No, she doesn't. Dixie doesn't. No, we haven't, no. We haven't let. Oh, Dick Dixie 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 Alvarez. That's close. Dixie that's close. Alvarez. Alvarez. Yeah. So have we let her know yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> Mike is in today though, right? Uh yeah. So we at can, least it usually is. We can we can make a video maybe letting them know. Great. Imagine the resume you're putting together <laughs> for old Dixie Alvarez. Um yeah, we'll talk to Patrick Stevens about uh, the start of college basketball season. What's coming up this week? We will do that every Tuesday throughout the season. So that's what's going on here on Glenn Clark Radio. A online sports betting will be starting in Maryland in the next few weeks, and PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you'll get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit that's pressboxonline.com slash offers so it's the weird feeling that i have where there's almost nothing to complain about about last night of course you would say you'd like them to clean a few things up there are still a few moments where lamar was a little skittish for as for as well as he played i think we all saw the same things there were plays that were there to be made that weren't made there were times where there were passes that were errant for no apparent reason. There were times there were passes that were errant that you believe were probably because he either hasn't had enough time or time might not be the right word. He hasn't had enough of a connection with a particular player that he was throwing the ball to. I, 
there's a number of those instances. The issues with getting the play in and getting the ball snapped. Still infuriating. Maddening. There's no way around it. The situation in the fourth quarter where they went from second and five from the 14 to third and 14. Third and 14. Second and five from the 14 to third and 14 from the 23. In a spot where they had the opportunity to make it a three-score game and slam the door on the Saints. And I get it. It doesn't matter because they ultimately were never threatened. Saints, as soon as they got the ball back, decided to give it right back to the Ravens. All was good. I, I understand that it didn't ultimately matter. But it's still frustrating because you can see a scenario in a game where maybe you're not playing the Saints where that becomes more problematic. And you could definitely see the frustration on Lamar, not just on the field after the false start where he slammed the football into the ground, but he continued the demonstrative display onto the sideline. There's been some video that's been floating around about that. And again, I have no problem with it. He should be frustrated. But those were nitpicking, right? We're nitpicking because on the whole, it was just about everything that you'd want in a Ravens football game. I mean, given who they are at this point. Sure, you'd like them to have an explosive, you know, 40-point-a-game offense, but is is that what best suits them given their personnel for trying to win a Super Bowl? This is the idea that I keep coming back to when people talk about, yeah, but... There's a limit to what you can do with a Greg Roman offense. I don't know. Is there? I mean, winning seems like a pretty good limit to have. I like winning. That's a lot of fun to me. And I get it. They've lost the games. They played against the best teams on their schedule so far, Miami and Buffalo. I don't know where the Giants line up amongst some of the other teams they played this season. Like, I don't know if the Giants are better than the Bengals. I don't know if the Giants are better than... I have no idea what to make of the Jets. And again, when the Ravens played them, they they weren't this. So I don't know how to compare that. So I get it. It's 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 frustrating in that way. And and maybe you'd rather watch the Ravens score forty points a game. But I don't know that that's what they're best suited to do. Given the roster that they have, I think last night was far more of what they're best suited to do. Play to your strengths. Put together long drives. Keep your defense rested and then dominant. I think that last night was exactly what the Ravens are best suited to do for the rest of the season and even into the postseason when they might again play those best teams in the AFC. I said this last night on postgame. I feel like in the back of our minds, and I remember how this felt specifically with Kansas City a couple years ago. I think we're getting back to where it's Kansas City and Buffalo. It feels like every time the Ravens do anything, there's a bit of a, yeah, that was good, but do we believe that they can beat the Bills and the Chiefs? We talked about it a lot, specifically with Kansas City, and then the Ravens beat Kansas City a year ago. And ultimately it didn't matter much because the entire roster got hurt and Things fell apart, so we have no idea if they would have been able to turn around and beat the top teams in the AFC in the postseason because they didn't have their team together. But that's the thing that's in the back of our minds. The Ravens are putting together a nice stretch of football. The last six quarters 
have been the most consistent stretch of football on both sides of the ball that we've seen from the Ravens all season long. That's a good trend. At any point in the season, you'd like it to be that your best football was played in the last six quarters that you played. I mean, it would be okay if it was the last 16 quarters as well. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to extend that. But you'd rather it not be that when someone says, hey, when was the best stretch of six quarters of football that the team has played, that you say, yeah, that was, that was two months ago. That's not a good sign. You'd far rather it be the most recent stretch of six quarters. And the Ravens, unquestionably, from a complete team perspective, not just when did their offense play the best or when did their defense play the best, when did the Ravens as a team play their best six quarters of football? Without a doubt, it's the last six quarters of football that we've seen them play. Second half of the Buccaneers game, the four quarters last night. Without question the most complete team football that they have played has come in those six quarters. That's a good thing. Can they get better? Obviously. But the thing that remains in the back of our minds is if they keep playing consistently, because we're going to keep pointing out how favorable the schedule is to the Ravens, there isn't a game that appears to be all that difficult until the final week of the season. I guess we should put in that as the Browns are going to get Deshaun Watson back, or I guess get back isn't the right way to say that because I haven't had him. The Browns are going to add Deshaun Watson to the mix. The trip to Cleveland could become a bit more perilous. It's not fair to judge that game necessarily by what the Browns have been. And I don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to look like having not played football for a couple of years. I don't know if he'll just step right in and be Deshaun Watson again. I don't know that there won't be another lawsuit that comes out or something that prevents Deshaun Watson from playing. I have no idea. But I do know with certainty, I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I do know that that game, we've, we kept talking about the fact that they don't play another team with a winning record until the end of the season. It's probably unfair for us to believe that that's just some sort of gimme for the Ravens on the schedule. But the schedule does shape up favorably for the Ravens. And there's an opportunity to go from 6 and 3 to you know 7 and 3 against Carolina, 8 and 3, 9 and 3, whatever, keep stockpiling wins, suddenly look up and have one of the best records in football and us still to have this question in the back of our minds like yeah, but are you doing enough to beat the Bills? provided Josh Allen is healthy. Are you doing enough to beat the Chiefs? Can this style of football beat those teams? Roquan Smith looked great last night. It was excellent. Immediate impact. And we didn't even see him wreck the game last night necessarily. He just played a really solid football game that allowed for other guys to step up and make plays. And the tackles he made were very sure tackles. Now, progress that. Add Marcus Williams back into the equation. Add David Ajabo back into the equation. Tyus Bowser looked pretty good setting the edge last night, huh? How did Alvin Kamara do? Anybody heard from him? I mean, I assume he played. Defense looks good. Defense is trending in the right direction. 
defense appears to be coming in. The Justin Houston thing is absolutely insane. I have no idea how to describe it. I, it's hard-pressed for me to imagine that this pace can continue because think about what that would be. We're talking about him being on pace for a 20-sack season. He's got eight and a half in six games. With eight games. Oh, hello. With eight games still on the schedule. I mean, he's on pace for one of the most monstrous seasons in Ravens history. I don't know that that can continue, but I can't deny what's happening. The defense is moving in the absolute correct direction. There's just the thing that we're going to keep having in the back of our minds, which is, is this the thing? Can you win maybe multiple games against the best teams in the AFC. There's some scenario that presents itself where your playoff path could be something like um, Bengals, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. Sorry. Can't be that. Can't pay all four of them. Bengals or Dolphins. I thought you were grouping in Bengals like the week 17 or week yeah, 18. Yeah, I mean, you can throw that in as well. Like yeah. the, the end of your season, week 18 could be the Bengals. Then you could end up, I guess it couldn't really. Yeah, it could be Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins yeah, absolutely yeah. could end yeah. up being the five. And if you're could, the, could be Jets. If you're the four. Well, I think the Bills and the Dolphins are likely to be the top two teams in that division. So if you're assuming that it, the Bills and the Chiefs are the top two seeds and then it's whoever, you know, I, I guess the, the Ravens would be more likely to be the three. I guess it's unlikely that the 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 AFC South winner is probably – I mean, the Titans are probably going to be the four, so they would probably get the Dolphins. So maybe you avoid the Dolphins, but maybe it's Bengals, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. You never know. Jeff Saturday could rally those troops. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and, and to be fair, like, I mean, maybe the Dolphins could win the East. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm projecting a lot here, but I'm talking about a scenario where we could end up playing three – quantified, legitimate, you know, full-blooded teams. The Bengals team that gets Jamar Chase back in three weeks in the postseason. And the question is, as good as this is, is it enough to beat those teams in the playoffs? And obviously there's no correct answer. We don't know. I understand that. I'm asking questions that are pure hypothetical. Because the games won't be played until then, and we don't know what the Ravens will look like at that point. We don't know what those teams will look like. I mean, if Josh Allen has a significant injury, it completely reshapes, and I guess the reporting yesterday is that it doesn't appear as though it's significant, but it completely reshapes the picture of the AFC. That's the thing that keeps just sort of lingering. You like what the Ravens are doing. Big thumbs up all around. But that part of it just sort of lingers in the back of your mind. Yes, thank you, uh, John Proctor. Kamara had not nine carries for 30 yards. I did, <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, I was, I don't know, I knew the exact numbers, but I did know he did basically nothing that was... He was he was lucky my fantasy matchup was was in hand. Ah, otherwise, or or other, what might have happened? I would have been yeah, upset. I, I would have been I, upset. I would, I would prefer to just go ahead and abandon fantasy football the rest of the season. There ain't nothing there for me. <laughs> It is dreck. I mean, just dreck. Thank you to Aaron Rodgers. God. Go do some more ayahuasca, chief. I'd rather not. But we'll, do, we'll talk to, to, to Joe Serpico anyway, because I, maybe some of you still have relevant fantasy football. I'm still alive. At stake. I, my team's 
stinks. Garbage. Garbage group. Um, that's just, look, that's the only thing I keep thinking about. I'll probably write about it tomorrow for PressBoxOnline.com. That that, again, becomes the context, I think, for the rest of the season. Do you believe the Ravens are trending towards being a team that can beat the best teams in the AFC? And it doesn't mean that I'm being dismissive of any of the games they're playing. I, I think there are, it's easy to fall into traps. And the difficulty for the Ravens out of the bye is going to be to make sure that this team doesn't rest and doesn't take anything lightly, despite the fact that there aren't big games looming at any point soon. They'll have to make sure that this team stays sharp every week. We've all been dismissive of Carolina throughout the course of the season. Well, you know, a week ago, Carolina looked like a football team. Atlanta's looked like a football team at times this season. All of these teams are capable of winning games. So I don't want to be dismissive of them, but it seems like it shapes up well for the Ravens to go on a nice little stretch run here, coming out of the bye, particularly if they do indeed get Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards back. It's the other awkward part about last night that we discussed, which is the... It's easy to fall into the trap of saying, you know, maybe it was better for the Ravens to not have Mark Andrews on the field because Lamar Jackson had to look in other places. I, no. No. That's dumb. It's a dumb thing to say. I get what you're trying to say. You're just not saying it eloquently. What Maybe the right way to say it is, hey, if Mark Andrews isn't going to play, maybe Lamar throwing the ball to a couple other guys could help build some rapport with those guys, and that could be beneficial when Mark Andrews gets back. You're never better without your best playmaker on the field. That's insanity. But if you're going to miss Mark Andrews, the way the Ravens have for the last six quarters, you're hoping, for example, on those two long seven-minute drives in the first half yesterday, Lamar went to eight different pass catchers. You're hoping that that spreads and that having to throw the ball to Demarcus Robinson last week, having to throw the ball to James Prochet this week, even one to Deshaun Jackson, you're hoping that having to go to other places, the touchdown to Isaiah Likely, he tried to go back to Isaiah Likely a couple times last night, you're hoping that that spreads. And then when you get Mark Andrews back out on the field, there's more of a rapport, there's more of a trust, there's more of a relationship built between Lamar and these other players that he's not just always looking to go to Mark Andrews. They're definitely not better not having Mark Andrews on the field. That's insane. That's, that's bonkers. But you're hoping they get Mark Andrews back, they get Gus Edwards back out of the bye. You're still going to be kind of who you are at wide receiver. Nothing you can do about that, unfortunately. I mean, I guess unless you can sign Odell Beckham this week, and I'm very much interested, I want to make that abundantly clear, very interested in that possibility. You hope that that behooves you as things continue this season. Overall, obviously a very good night. Continue to get me your pats on the ass. Coming soon, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get the details and reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com and use the code TAILGATE to get $100 off your order. 
hear this man is celebrating a birthday today. I know, I, I don't, I actually don't know how old he is. If I saw him, I'd probably guess he was about 37. He is our friend, Ravens, Super Bowl champion. And of course, you see him on WJZ with our buddy Mark Viviano. He is our pal, Kadri Ismail, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Kadri, happy birthday, my friends. Why, thank you very much. And I appreciate the uh, <laughs> overinflated oh, guess of my if, age. If you and I stood next to each other, there's zero chance that anyone would think that, that you were older than I was. Let's be honest about that. Zero chance that that would Man, be. Man, come on. Come on, that that that's 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 just too kind of you. Yeah, I'm yeah. 52, and and loving life, and uh, very very thankful and grateful for uh, friendships, lasting friendships, similar to what we have and share. And uh, yeah, that's... you gotta you gotta look and and uh, reflect on things. And I am definitely in a reflective mood. Well, let's reflect on what we saw. The Ravens, I think, on the whole, for team football, for all sides of the ball, these last six quarters, despite not having Mark Andrews, despite not having Gus Edwards, despite not having Rashad Bateman or J.K. Dobbins, these last six quarters of football seem to be the best, the most complete quarters of football that they have played this season. What do you feel about the way this team is trending as they head into their bye? I think... Part of this game is riding the waves and not getting too high, not getting too low. I think it's extremely difficult for us as fans on the outside to uh, get, um, I don't know, just that even-killedness. Whereas when you're on the inside, you have that ability to, you know, sit there and, and examine and self-reflect. And, you know, you just don't know all of what goes on. Um, within a, a locker room and within a team unit. Some teams you think, you know, oh, man, on paper they look amazing. And then all of a sudden, you know, just because you got the name on the back of the jersey, you still got to perform, and things start falling apart. Uh, you, There's no way you're telling me uh, Frank Reich over at the Colts is going to get fired midseason. There's no way you're telling me the Eagles are going to be 8-0 and uh, with Jalen Hurts. There's no way you're going to tell me that the Broncos – are going to have the kind of weirdness of let's ride and doing workouts on long flights. <laughs> There's no way you're going yeah, to tell Gino me Smith Las Vegas. Is league MVP. Geno Smith is balling, came back with a doggone vengeance and, and, and Las Vegas having their sufferings or, you know, Tommy down in, in Tampa having his issues or how about Aaron Rodgers? You know, so my point is, is that, Every year, we we love it. We I, I am not a big off-season guy, but there are people who love the off-season more than they love the season because they get to speculate and they get to, like, you know, that's their wheelhouse. Oh, the salary cap and, oh, if we get this guy. But then if, you know, what about this? Oh, his measurables and all that. Man, you got to play. And I think what we've seen is that this is a team that, you know, has has some really good depth. And in that depth, there's a preparation factor because if you prepare yourself and you have coaches that prepare you to put you in the best position to win, then you're going to put yourself in a position nine times out of ten to have a chance to win. And I think that's what we're looking at with the Ravens. What we've seen over the course of the last six quarters, Kadri, the second half Tampa game and last night, that brand of football seems to be what the Ravens can be when they're at their best, right? Long drives, mixing in the pass with a dominant run game, and 
a defense that's been outstanding. If that type of football can continue, is that good enough for the Ravens to be able to beat the top teams in the AFC? If they can continue this this trend and keep playing like this the second half of the season, can they beat the you know the Bills and the Chiefs and you know the Dolphins and the Bengals, all of those teams playing this style of football when we get to the postseason? I think so. I think this team is built for a, a strong postseason. I think the main thing is that now you have the Roquan Smith effect. Um, I think defensively you have uh, a renewed energy in the middle of the field. You don't have you know, that guy that can't make a, a play. They're in position, but you know, that back is just a little bit better. That back is going to you know, be able to outrun you or be able to lower his shoulders, spin off of you and get the extra yards or, you know, make an explosive run. You don't have that issue. So, you know, from an overall aspect of things, you got uh, uh, the, the goat at, at kicker and you have a, a punter that can change field position. You have, you know, a returner that if you give him space, he's going to get, you know, 10 to 12 yards minimum on a return. You have, you know, goodness, generational talent at quarterback, yet you also have, you know, a, a guy in, in Ronnie Stanley who has really kind of settled down that offensive line. That's what yeah. we've been waiting for. And that's what I actually said in the beginning of the year. You know, if we go back, I was like, yo, when Ronnie Stanley comes back, that's where this isn't quite bully ball of 19. So let's, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and table that. But, you know, with Ronnie Stanley back, I mean, things look a heck of a lot better. And I think that's part of, you know, the, the, the flow of all this. And, Mark Andrews is not there, right? And J.K. Dobbins is not there, and Marcus Williams. Let's not forget about him. Is not there, and Gus Edwards. You know, is, is chilling. All these guys are going to be coming back. Ajabo, who, yeah, okay, he's a rookie, so we, we're not exactly sure. But you know, these guys have that you know opportunity to get back and and get into a groove. It's about again for them on the inside taking it. You know week by week, moment by moment. Uh, but for us, it's, ooh, look at the possibilities. He is Kadri Ismail, the birthday boy. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kadri, to your point, defensively, this is shaping up to be kind of a dominant unit. How, I, 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 look, Rokon Smith is a hell of a football player. We all knew that. But what we didn't know was what Justin Houston was going to be doing this season. How do you explain the renaissance that this man is experiencing. He's going to be 34 in January, which I want to make sure we're clear about. That doesn't make him over the hill. Like it's There's a difference between 37, 38, and 34 in NFL terms, but it's still advanced. I think we'd all agree with that as far as the position that he plays. How do you explain just how unbelievable this season has been for Justin Houston? Well, first, I think it was really smart of him to recognize his body and to chill when he had the, the groin kind of <laughs> pop up on him early in the season. And for him to take off those games, plus, you know, the way John Harbaugh um, patterns <clears throat> the vet days and all those things, shoot, man, I, I think, you know, that that's all you need. <laughs> give me some break. Give me a little rest. You know, I don't need to play 17 games. Give me a couple moments. Here and there, uh, key moments. You know, Tommy is feeling it. I'm sure Andy is feeling it yeah. himself. So both scenarios were impact plays, sudden plays, and 
you know, game-changing type plays. So, shoot, give me, give me just enough. I don't, I don't need get. Let save it for the young guys. Save it for, you know, Tyus. Save it for, um, Owe, and save it for, you know, guys that that got that fresh leg. All I need to do is just. <laughs> what do they call him? Yoda last year and Sensei yeah. this year. Yeah. All right. Well, you know he he understands when when he needs to to do what he needs to do. Nah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable witnessing right now, man. Like he's having, dude. He's on pace for damn near twenty sacks this season, which is it's absurdity. I mean, it's purely absurd what he's been able to put together. Um, Kadri, you know, just from the there's not a lot to nitpick about last night, but we saw in the fourth quarter that stretch where. They went from delay of game to what should have been another delay of game on the play afterwards. One of the things that we have talked about a lot is how late play calls seem to be coming in um, over the last couple of seasons and how many times the Ravens are snapping the ball at one or zero on the clock or not getting the playoff. You saw the frustration from Lamar, and I didn't blame him at all. Like I have no issue, and, and you can tell me what you think about a quarterback being a little bit demonstrative. I think you sometimes need the leader to be that guy to say, this isn't acceptable that these things are happening. You went from second and five when you had a chance to put a team away to third and 14. Um, how do you explain what's going on there? What do they do to clean up some of those things? So, obviously, uh, every – system has its nomenclature and some systems are real simple and other systems are very complex. I know when I was with the Colts, you know, Peyton Manning's system was, Hey, everybody just get to the line. We'll call a play, but everybody get to the line. Then I will disseminate what's going on and give us the best chance to, to be in position. So there wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't a lot of motion. It was like, all right, here's what the defense is going to do. Let's go. At the same time, uh, when Brian Billick ruled the roost here in Baltimore, the nomenclature, it was, it, it was just the right amount. It gave you information that you can get to the line, like, oh, all right, cool. We practiced when it was, okay, a lot of motions and shifts for a given week, and you just kind of like, all right, cool, we got it. I think there is also that West Coast offense where you overly do it and it gets so complicated. And then it kind of is like, what the world? I think it's not West Coast offense, but it's the Greg Roman system of overly complex running game, trying to out leverage. Do we go right? Do we go left? Pull? Do we not pull? Do we stay? Is it an RPO? What is it? You know, and I think sometimes you overly do it, and that overly do it, obviously, you know, the the, the rules of the game. Hey, yeah. you, you got a clock. And so all of that, being said, needs to be tightened up, and I think this bye week comes at a perfect time. I think it's a very good point. And I, and I just want to, on the, the Cadre stuff, it was brought up, um, Sean is checking in, as, as he said, I, I, both times that we saw those outbursts from Lamar, players came up to shake hands with him afterwards. Um, it was great to see the respect they have for him. I, I didn't think that that was him undressing well, man, man, Can I jump in real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. Let me jump in real quick yeah. because I, I think Ronnie Stanley, so when he was frustrated, he was like, snap me the ball, snap me the ball, snap me the ball. Right. I think Lamar was frustrated uh, more along the lines of, you know, he didn't get Demarcus Robinson on two plays that he know he should have had. Sure. I think I think the frustration kind of is it, it, it's in the red zone. It's it's other 
scenarios, he's like, you know, I know we could do better. Then I think the veteran savvy, we say veteran, he's still young, but veteran savvy of Ronnie, to kind of like, yo, don't be trying to go after my boy, Tyler. But then at the same time, you know, it was all chill. And then they talked about it on the sideline and off they went. So I think, yes, you're right. It's good to see him fiery, but I loved the fact that you had your, your, you know, your, your, your big dog kind of settling everything down from an offensive line standpoint. So, you know, Lamar recognized it and, and it was cool, but I, I, I just, I loved all of it. I loved the exchange of it all. It was cool. Yeah, look, there is no, you're not going to have another Ray Lewis. He's just so unique in, in what he brought to the table, but I don't know why it would ever be a problem for someone to be a demonstrative leader, right? Like Anquan Bolden was a demonstrative leader. You know, we didn't see it the same way publicly because he, you, he did way more of it behind the scenes. You tell me, Kadri, is there something wrong? I, I know that there's a difference and it can cross a line and there can be a, a time where it becomes poisonous because someone, it, it's not leadership as much as it's, you know, trying to put themselves on a pedestal and they're not. But when you have someone who is a leader that's calling guys out or saying, we've got, we have to be better, I don't feel like that's a bad thing for a football team, is it? No, like yeah. that's what makes you, you know, a, a good football team. It's like, not allowing mediocrity to right. exist. You know, the, the mediocrity is like, eh, it's okay. And, you know, remember we were like, Hey, Lamar, are you a vocal leader? Or, Hey, you know, when he was early in his career, I think, uh, <laughs> it's not that he's vocal or vocal or whatever. I think he's, he's just sensing more and he has more, if you will, a freedom in his platform to be like, look, let's do this. And the let's do this is we got to do it with a sense of urgency. We, we, yeah, we are good, but it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be good against Josh. It's not going to be good against Patrick. And those are the measuring sticks in, 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 in my conference that I'm going to be measured by. So be it. I got to play better, but Hey, if I'm playing better, y'all better well play better too. And, and so, yeah, you know, I think there's going to be some conversations um, within, you know, the, the staff, as far as how can we, we get better calling plays and, and formations and, and all the things and personnel packages and not overcomplicate it. But then also, you know, that's going to help us get an advantage over defense. Uh, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, uh, Kadri, for as good as the Ravens have looked for the last six weeks, I think we would still say with Rashad Bateman out that, you know, they're, they're kind of limited at wide receiver. We know there's a name who's out there who's allegedly a little bit closer to returning than we thought. Um, how interested would you be in Odell Beckham? No. Nope. No? Okay, nope. tell me tell me why. Nope. Because it's just, no. I, I think it would, there's a delicate, delicate balance of every team and every organization and some horses for courses, to use that phrase, you know, I think he, he, you know, he's for sure he's box office. For sure he's that guy uh, that, that, claim, that can claim the charismatic uh, flow of, um, you know, an organization, of a team, of a, of a city. But I, I think, uh, you know, that's, I think he flourished in, in L.A. I think he, you know, Buffalo is exactly, woo. But I think, uh, again, you know, from – what this team is built on and how it is built, um, no, I'm good. Okay. 
All right, that's interesting. We we will see. I look. I still think that there might be a place that he'd rather be than Baltimore, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, remind everybody about missile training, my friends. Yes, missile training at my new facility up oh. in uh, North Hartford County. Where, uh, wait, 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 where just, is that? Yeah, it, it's it's up in in Hartford County. You see, what happens is have your listeners DM me if they want to hook themselves up, moving pain free. But if they're one of those people that just said, oh, my gosh, my daughter and my son, they got to get faster. Bam, I got that, too, for you. Let's do this. <laughs> At I am Kadri Ismail is the way to go about doing that. And then uh, are you guys doing anything on WJZ between now and, and Carolina? Yeah, we're going to have another uh, show, Purple Pre-game every Sunday, 11.30 on WJZ. And Mark and I, we were just holding it down last night. We actually uh, did a pre- and post-game show last night as well as a Sunday. So we're having a lot of fun. It is awesome. Rick Ritter also um, is rolling with us too. So great, great crew to uh, work with. Happy birthday, my friend. Always appreciate you. Look forward to doing it again here in a few weeks. Thank you for taking the time for me as always, bud. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Kadri Ismail, Super Bowl champion, one of the great re- receivers in Ravens history. And as I constantly remind you all, you guys are way too dismissive and you've all forgotten of exactly how productive Kadri Ismail was. I think just because he's part of the furniture around here, like we've all I, – and I, and I mean that. I think because Kadri's been so accessible over the years, he's been just kind of one of us. You you you've seen him out of places like he's he ne- he doesn't come off as maybe the a celebrity in any stretch of the imagination. I think it's made you forget just how good. And all the time we have these conversations, people are like, "Yeah, well, Steve Smith was one." I'm like, "Yeah, no offense, Steve Smith was not the player production-wise the Kadri Ismail was in Baltimore. He wasn't. No disrespect. You guys have just somehow all forgotten that. It's very weird to me." The way that that's worked over the years. But uh, appreciate taking uh, him taking the time. Uh, going to agree to disagree. I am very much interested in Odell Beckham. I would race to get Odell Beckham. I, I understand the argument of, hey, when something's working, don't rock the apple cart. But did any of us say that about Roquan Smith? I, I think we're falling back on this trope of Odell Beckham being a me guy. And I'm not going to pretend like there haven't been moments in his career where Odell Beckham hasn't been a me guy. I think it's very clear that there have been some me moments in Odell Beckham's career. I think there's a lot of wide receivers that are like that. Um, it's less risked as well. You know, taking, you're just taking him for half a season. It's not like you're, it's a long time yeah, deal, and multi-year th- And deal. the most recent thing we saw. Now, if somebody wanted to say, hey, last year was his, you know, he got he got his ring. So who knows now what the priority is for Odell Beckham. Is the priority now for him to be somewhere this year where he can put up monster numbers, prove it, and get another, like, real contract in the NFL next year? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that's going to come for Odell Beckham, but maybe. Like, I can understand the argument – It'd be easier if he hadn't won the Super Bowl a year ago. Like, if Cincinnati had scored on the final drive and there was still that, you know, like, he got a taste of it and what it takes, and now he'll be so hell-bent on winning a Super Bowl that, you know, he'll be as selfless as you could ever possibly imagine him being. Somebody might say, well, that's kind of, you know, he, he, he got his ring. So will it be that way? I, I don't know. I can't, 
I, I don't know Odell Beckham personally, so I can't speak to that. But I, I'd take the chance. 1,000% I'd take that chance. I don't think Odell Beckham will end up in Baltimore. And it's not about... I, it's, I don't even know how interested the Ravens are. Maybe the Ravens feel the way that Kadria Smile feels. But I just believe that ultimately Odell Beckham will look at other, posi- other places, cough, cough, Kansas City, m- maybe Buffalo, but the presence of Stefan Diggs there is pretty overwhelming. And I'm not sure if you heard, but it's pretty miserable in Buffalo in these months of the year. I think Kansas City makes an awful lot of sense. I know that Green Bay is one that jumps off the page at you, but the Packers at this point kind of stink. I I don't know how much you want to go to a team that just kind of stinks. I think if we're being honest, the Cowboys make a ton of sense. You you get another game to play against the Giants. Have they? What the hell is that? What my? This is the <laughs> second. It's the second time that this has happened. My my phone just starts playing something the hell is going on um i think the cowboys make an awful lot of sense weather's nice good football team opportunities there can maybe try to ruin the Giants' season in the process i think that the cowboys would make a ton of sense for odell beckham if if you had your choice of where you want to be like i was doing that math in my head earlier if i was odell beckham and i got the pick and I'm presuming that everybody's interested, right? Because it's also possible that some of these teams aren't actually interested. But I had my choice. I, I would at least want to listen to the Chargers if I like my time in L.A., if I enjoyed the experience being in L.A. I would at least want to listen to the Chargers because I don't know what the story is on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like I don't know when those guys are getting back, but there could be an opportunity there with a very good quarterback to both be productive, be in a warm-weather place, play indoor football, do all of those things in a city that you are familiar with. Now, if that part of it, if the L.A. part isn't relevant to him, then I think there are better football options. I, If I'm Odell Beckham, I'm just not all that going to an extremely cold place for a couple of months where you're playing outdoor football just ain't as appealing to me, man. I'm going to sign up for playing indoor football. I'm going to sign up for playing in places where the climate doesn't dictate what it is that you're able to do on a field. That's why Dallas just jumps off the page at me for Odell Beckham. If I'm Odell Beckham, everything about the Cowboys. Now, I get it. There are Patrick Mahomes is definitely better than Dak Prescott. There's no debate about that. Josh Allen is definitely better than Dak Prescott. I believe Lamar Jackson is definitely better than Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott's good. He's a legitimate quarterback. On a team that's playing well, that can run the ball, there are other, like, you wouldn't get all of the attention in Dallas. They have other players, but nobody that's, a you know, an obvious number one that's got to get the ball 14 times a game. It all kind of makes sense to me that if I were Odell Beckham, that's the place where I might want to be. Now, I hope not. I hope that Baltimore would be intriguing to him. Deshaun Watson, or just not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson was interested, but that's because he was interested in anyone that would employ him to play football at this point in his life. No, he wanted that Jackson to Jackson. Right, the Jackson to Jackson, yeah. which we did get to see last night. It was awesome. Mm, okay, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. He's got a bye week to get healthy. It's going to be 
Yeah. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, Joe Serpico from Pressbox. Uh, our weekly Waiver Wire Wednesday conversation. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 15th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR, Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots this Saturday, November 12th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you. For more information, visit pressboxonline.com slash toy drive. 
All right, it is Tuesday. I know the Ravens played last night, but we do have to move things along during the course of the week. Joining us now to look ahead to Waiver Wire Wednesday. I don't even think this man can save my fantasy team, but we'll give it a try anyway. He is our friend Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst, and he's back with us on GCR. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? Hanging in there, Glenn. Uh, I'll try to save that. Nah, team, dude, but again, no promises. This I, I, is a this is a light week for for waiver purposes. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, not a lot to stand out. I actually think that the, the two names to me that are the most interesting names to discuss this week are guys who haven't played football at all this season. And I want to start there. One, some of the news that percolated about Odell Beckham over the last couple of days. Uh, I he was only even available in one of my three leagues by the time I I heard about it and grabbed him so I'm guessing that in most places he was scooped up do you feel like it makes sense for if he happens to be on the the waiver wire for you to wait use a waiver claim or is this actually kind of foolish the rush that everybody's in considering we're talking about someone who hasn't played football since the Super Bowl yeah I think I kind of agree with the latter there just because of the fact like you alluded to you know he hasn't played since the Super Bowl he's got to learn a new system uh, we've seen typically when guys come off an injury like that, it takes them a couple of weeks to get acclimated to uh, the new team, you know, and then, you know, let's face it, you know, he probably is going to be on a short leash the first couple of weeks, maybe play 10, 15 uh, snaps, something along those lines. So it's kind of hard to put a whole lot of trust in Odell. Now, can he be somebody who is a potential league winner down the stretch? Absolutely. Especially if, uh, if he goes, let's say the Cowboys would seem to be right now the, uh, the team that he's most linked to and we know that at least as of last year and some parts of this year the Cowboys offense can be prolific uh, and then you know obvious with uh, CD Lamb on the other side so you can't really double cover either one of those guys uh, so it, I'm not sure if I'm willing to use uh, some fab on him now so it could be a little bit different you know because we are reaching the then part of the season, and if you haven't spent a whole lot of fab, maybe you can do it for like a buck or two, and just you know if you want to really get him on your team. But uh, it's going to be one of those situations where I can't see him starting at least for the first couple of weeks, and then we kind of got to wait and see if you can rely on him to be a starter at all. Yeah, that's that's where I am. Look, I, I when he was free and it was available, I'm happy to grab him. But I could also see him being somebody that I drop when I need something else. As I look at buy issues, this exactly. you know this is the reality for it. But yeah, putting anything that costs you, I don't know what to make of it. And then um, this is week ten, right? Like, and so because of that, we have to acknowledge that after this week, Deshaun Watson is back into the equation. Where are you with Deshaun Watson? And for look, I. I don't like the guy, but I'm in quarterback hell. I mean, I, I, I've kept trying different things. I tried Bailey Zappi. I tried Jared Goff. I tried Trevor. I mean, I've tried everything to try to solve my issues in my Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson leagues, and nothing has been a solution. I, I missed out on Justin Fields. I didn't think I was going to be playing him anyway because I was like, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. I I have to play him, don't I? Idiot. Dummy. Stupid. Um, it, What do you do? Are you using a waiver claim now to get ahead of things on Deshaun Watson? I'm with you on the Aaron Rodgers thing. He was my favorite play for DFS this week. I was trying to stack as many of those guys as possible. So, yeah, yeah. you and I are both dummies uh, for, for that round because he just flat out stinks, so it seems like right now. But uh, getting back to Deshaun, you know, you can say whatever you want about him as a person, but when he has been on the field, uh, you can't argue with the success he's had now the 
kind of the caveat with him is he also hasn't played in a year and a half, right. two years. So, you know, that's something you got to take into account. Um, I guess the good thing that you can say is it's not like he comes in, you know, fresh off the streets and is learning everything on the fly. You know, he was there in the preseason. He does get a couple of weeks to uh, kind of get ramped up before he gets back in the game action. And his first game is against his former team. And the Texans' defense is really bad. So, uh, he's you know, he's got a little bit of a revenge factor and the fact that they're, they're kind of bad. But um, he's a guy, like you said, if you're in quarterback hell, why not take a flyer on him? Uh, we have seen that he will get you some points on the ground. And when he... When he is on the field at his best, you know, he was a top five option. Um, so, yeah, another guy, kind of what I said to Odell, if you want to use maybe a dollar or two to put, stash him away, because, again, you are going to have to stash him away for another week or two, because I believe their buy is mixed in as well. Um, and then their schedule isn't the greatest down the stretch. But if you're in quarterback hell, I don't see why not take a flyer on him for, let's say, a buck or two. Hope he catches some fire. Because, like I said, he's not just somebody that's coming off the street. He's the guy that's been there for a little bit. He is Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. He's with us here on GCR. Joe, let's talk about another few names. Um, I'll begin. Jeff Wilson seems like one that kind of leads the way this week, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually a little bit surprised to see how widely available he was, uh, considering that the early part of the season, uh, when he was getting the opportunities in San Francisco, uh, I would say it was borderline 15, 20 running back for you. Somebody you could definitely rely on to be a starter, uh, especially at the flex spot. Um, and kind of threw a curveball this week because, you know, we've seen for most of the year, I could probably say the same thing about Raheem Mostert. Uh, so when they made that trade, a lot of people thought that they were going to split, and that's kind of what happened. They did split for the most part this week. But uh, you could kind of see that in crunch time, it looked like the, it was Wilson that was on the field, and his familiarity with the offense obviously helps his case. But it's just one of the situations that, okay, maybe he was the guy to have the hot hand this week. Uh, so it could be most hurt again next week. Um, I, it was a little bit shocking, honestly. I thought there would be, you know, maybe like a week or two to kind of get acclimated to the team and whatnot, but they kind of threw him into the fire. But he is available in more than 50% of leagues, which, again, kind of blew my mind a little bit. So yep. if he's out there, you absolutely got to go get him just because, you know, like I kind of said last week, we've kind of reached that time of the year where, uh, you kind of want to save your running backs and get as many of those on as you can on your roster, just because you know you're, they're one injury away from uh, being a potential lottery ticket to close out the season. Not available in any of my leagues, which is so so cool, so so cool. That's that's a neat story. Um, I feel like everybody was talking about this guy, and then the Steelers were off last week, and so I I don't know where we are with him, but I feel like he was a really hot name to be picked up. Tell me about what you think of Jalen Warren. He's basically, you know, kind of what I was just talking about, uh, a backup running back that if something were to happen to Najee Harris, you know, that looks like it's his job. I believe Blake Snell would be the third-string guy there, and he has one, two carries on the whole season. So if anybody's going to step up and take the job, it sounds like it's going to be him. Uh, so, yeah, like I kind of just said about uh, Wilson, you know, if, if you've got, let's say, a second tight end, that you really are not going to play the rest of the way. You know, if, you're, if your number one guy has already had his bye, uh, I would try to stash as many of those guys as possible. You know, I would do the same for, let's say, like a Rasheed White, or you know, I've seen Alexander Madison's open in a lot of weeks, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, guys like that, that again, you know, if they're not ahead of them, 
was to get banged up, those are guys that you can, you know, basically plug and play as opposed to, you know, holding on to your fourth, fifth wide receiver or backup quarterback, backup tight end that you might not play the rest of the way. These guys will actually offer you some flex value if something were to happen to any of the guys ahead of them. You've talked a little bit about Terrence Marshall the last couple of weeks. It seems like that continues to trend as a, you know, he's not a monster, but a guy that's worth having on your roster. Yeah, ever since uh, the move to get Robbie Anderson out of Carolina, he, he's seen a huge uptick in targets, and that's all you can ask for at the receiver position. Uh, things were ugly this past week for them going against the Bengals. I mean, what we saw from Joe Mixon was uh, one of the greatest fantasy performances of all time. Yes, it was. But Marshall, as, as long as Marshall is on a team that stinks and they're going to air it out as much as they do, um, he's somebody that you can absolutely – throw in as say you're a flex or if you know if you're in a three wide receiver league to throw them in in that spot um little worried about with the performance we saw from pj walker and now it looks like they're in another quarterback conundrum there where one week it might be walker and the next week it might be baker that sounds like sam darnold's about ready to go to but as long as they're in uh trailing you know a lot of these games they're going to keep throwing the ball and He's the clear number two now. I mean, D.J. Moore is obviously going to get as many touches as possible, but you know, Marshall has uh, been a guy that you can kind of rely on these past couple of weeks. Um, uh, Rondale Moore, I think we need to discuss, right? It's... Yeah, he's another guy kind of in the same boat. Uh, he's just got a huge uptick in targets since the uh, injury to Marquise Brown. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on Robbie Anderson. It doesn't seem like the Cardinals are absolutely yet either. Uh, so they, they've been working him a lot in. Now they are really, really throwing the ball a ton to DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't, you know, after you saw the catch this weekend, my God, that guy's got hands of glue. Yeah. But, yeah, Rondell Moore is definitely a somebody who you know, kind of fits the bill. Actually, I would have him ranked a, uh, a little bit ahead of Terrace Marshall just because his quarterback situation is a lot better. And that offense is just throwing it about 40, 50 times a game just because that's the the style of offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs there. But, Rondell Moore, another guy, absolutely you want to uh, have on your radar. Uh, if uh, you know, again, if you need somebody in a flex spot or three wide receiver leagues, uh, you absolutely want to have him on your team. All right, who else are you thinking about this week? Uh, the guy I kind of talked about. I mean, you, I'm still mind boggled that uh, Justin Fields is available in 50% of leagues. So if he's still out there for you, go get him. Do whatever you need to do to get that, uh, that guy on your team. No, why would you do that when you can play Aaron Rodgers against the Lions? Why would you go out and get yeah. Justin Fields when you have that option? Yeah, no, it is, it is kind of crazy that that's kind of worked out. It's, it's about time that the uh, the Bears kind of figured out, hey, let him use his strength as opposed yeah. to trying to make him something he's not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he's my number one pickup for this week. If you're, uh, if you're looking for the tight end, which, trust me, there's plenty of people looking for tight ends just because it's a whole uh, the position as a whole is just terrible. Uh, we've seen kind of Cole Komet emerge with uh, Justin Fields the past couple weeks. And then the other one that I'm kind of, again, kind of surprised he's still as widely available as he is, and I know I talked about him maybe last week or two weeks ago, that's Greg Dolchich from the, the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, he's finished as a top 12 option in all three games he's played in. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson seems to kind of like him in the offense, so he's another guy that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. And then one more would be Miko Hardman. I know we talked about him maybe last week as well, or maybe it was two weeks ago. But they look like they're trying to get in the ball in his hands as, as often as possible, whether it be in the run game or in the pass game. So, again, if you need somebody at that wide receiver three flex spot, 
those are a couple of options for you there. Go ahead. I think Griffin, you had a question. You want to get one in? Yeah, sure. Am I dropping Geno Smith to get Justin Fields? Because I'm in a, I'm in a two B two quarterback max uh, league. Like I can only own two quarterbacks, so I'd have to drop Geno Smith to get Justin Fields. Is that is that? Who's your other? Uh, who's uh, your two, other option? Two, two, two is my other one. Then I don't want to drop him. No, you don't drop two. Ooh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> uh, ooh, that's a good one. Because I mean, what we have seen the past couple of weeks from Fields, especially what he's doing on the ground you know Gino is elusive as well but he doesn't uh give the same kind of numbers you know he's probably doing let's say around somewhere 20 30 yards rushing per game uh he does have the better receiving core that's for sure but what we've seen feels of top five finishes uh the two weeks prior you know he's number one quarterback overall this past week uh, I'm if I'm, I'm going, going for upside fields. I just think yeah I, I'm going with fields at this point just because you know, especially now that we're getting time that time of the year where uh, that cold weather comes into play, especially in Chicago, they're probably going to rely on his legs even more. So, yeah, I would kind of go with Fields as a, over Geno Smith. That is a tough call, don't get me wrong. I probably have Fields at number seven the rest of the way, as opposed to Geno's probably somewhere sitting around you know, 11 or 12. What a world we live in. What a world we live in. All right, at Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. You see his stuff every day, pressboxonline.com. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? All right, anytime, guys. Take care. Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, joining us here on GCR. When we come back in, um, because I wasn't here yesterday, we haven't had a chance to go over uh, a brutal, brutal, Picks weekend. We'll do that quickly. And then, of course, we'll dish out our pats on the ass. If you've not gotten me yours, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, get them in right now. Today's show also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. Love Guilford Hall, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It is one of the coolest places in town. If you have not been, you are missing out on a true gem in our community. Yappy Hour, live music, trivia during the week. So many great events. Again, guilfordhall.com in order to find out more. Glenn Clark Radio. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate to Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 12th at any of the 13 Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate, and you will also get a free T-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash drive. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a 
United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent, the Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face. Online sports betting will be starting in Maryland in the next few weeks. And PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo code that you will get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. When you are starting to bet on your phone or your mobile app, you you probably shouldn't have been riding with your friends here at GCR this weekend. Uh it was a bloodbath. So going into last night, for for the week, um, we pick nine games, and there's seven of us that make picks. So we have a spreadsheet that we keep track of all of this in, thanks to uh, John and Andrew Stecka, who uh, keep track of everything. Um, so going into last night, there had been 56 total picks between the seven of us for the week. Of those 50, the first 56 picks that were made this week, a total total of eight correct picks between seven people of the first 56 picks that were made. Now, to be fair, there were two pushes in there, and that really screwed things up for everybody this week. The two pushes were really a mess. But it was a, for the most part, bloodbath, except for Paul Valley. Paul Valley was the big winner of the weekend. Uh, let's quickly go over picks um, for the week. Picks recap brought to you by the Press Box Print Issue, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You can read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. Kevin Willard's on the cover. Maryland got a win over Niagara last night. We'll talk to uh, Patrick Stevens about it in a couple of minutes. Uh, the first win of the Kevin Willard era. Find out more about Kevin Willard and that print issue of Press Box, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Uh, Maryland, Wisconsin. Glad I 
flew to Chicago at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, raced. Oh, by the way, thank, big shout out to Dollar Rent-A-Car, who did the bit that I'm sure every rent-a-car company does, where you get there to pick up your car, and they're like, hey, funny bit, we don't have it. Did Sorry, we don't have a rent-a-car for you. Oh, really? That's weird, because I signed an agreement that said you would have one for me at this price. Well, we can't do that, but I tell you what we could do is you could get an SUV. It's going to cost you twice as much. And I understand that there's some fine print somewhere that says they have every right to do this to me. And I'm going to talk. I'm absolutely going to tweet about it because it's it's crappy. It's a crappy way of doing business, and it should be called out. I get it. They're going to continue to hold it over us because, like me in that situation, I didn't have a choice. It was either pay twice as much and get an SUV, which then also killed me on gas mileage because I had to drive it two hours to Madison. Thanks. That was fun. Or I missed the game. They know. They got you over a barrel. You have no choice. You have to say thank you, even though they're not even going to bother to use lube. You don't have a choice. They know that, and that's why they operate their business that way. But it's crappy, and we should call it out for it. We should try to use our collective voices to have business run in a way that's more fair to the consumers. It's like when that guy was – you remember how many idiots – when that guy was hauled off that plane a few years ago and that video went viral of that man who was literally forcibly removed from a plane that he bought a ticket for because they overbooked it, and there were every mouth breather on the face of the planet. Well, you know, if you if you read the fine print on your ticket, it says they have the option to do that. Get the f out of here! I, I am not anti-business, but I'm anti-treating consumers like crap. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Glad I did that though. Glad I. Then paid twice as, mu- as much to rent a car, drive in, have to race. I don't know if it was like running because I had to find somewhere in Madison where I could park. Got into the stadium literally at kickoff. Nice. That's Yeah, that's it would have been nice. That's impressive. It would have been nice, Griffin, had it not been terribly cold, miserable, rainy the entire time, and Maryland never bothered to show up. Yeah, good seats. I, great seats. You know why? <laughs> Because everybody who had those tickets tried to move up under the rows that were covered. God. What a miserable, miserable experience that was. The rest of the weekend. Yeah, that was lovely. Had okay, a lovely good, trip. Good, other than that. Good, good. Uh, God. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, they're really, they're, they're just not going to. Look, Maryland's not built for that. They're not built for a game in which you can't throw. Um, I think the argument would have been you needed to try to start throwing. I have no idea what they were thinking going for it on fourth and eight early and just. I mean, this, everything about it was nonsense. It was a non, they, they, nonsense day. Uh, Maryland loses 23-10 to Wisconsin. So much for maybe these two games here at the end of the season. Not the end of the season because they play Rutgers at the end of the season. But these next two games being really interesting for Maryland. <sighs> they're, they're not. I mean, they're, you know, who knows? I don't think it's – in fact, if the weather's normal, I think they've got a better chance maybe. Maryland is not built to try to win a game where it gets controlled up front. That's not – that will never be to Maryland's advantage. That will always be to the advantage of the, the Midwestern teams that they're just built a little bit different. Those dudes up front are a little bit bigger. They're a little – I don't know how to explain it. Maryland is skill positions, and when you're, neutra- when you're neutralizing skill positions, they're just not built for that. It was a terrible day, 23-10. to 10, But we were all on Maryland. We didn't have the weather report, in fairness, when we made that pick. 
Georgia did indeed take care of business against Tennessee. After I found out that the Tennessee fans were harassing Stetson Bennett, like I was, I didn't care that I was going to get the pick wrong. I wanted Georgia to skull drag Tennessee. I want to make something abundantly clear. There's a lot of things that like are cute and fun to do within like fandom and rivalry and all those things, but getting someone's personal cell phone number and sharing it out to the public and then harassing them. I get it. There's worse things. Like what happened to, you know, Nancy Pelosi's husband is clearly far worse than that. But how we've lost our way and we don't understand what's acceptable and what isn't any longer as a society is Bull-ass, man. Getting someone's personal cell phone number and blasting it out to a fan base should be criminal. I don't make that abundantly clear. I don't know what the laws are, but that should be a crime. You should be charged. Not not just a finable offense. That should involve jail time to make sure it doesn't happen. To be certain that no one does that. It's not okay. You don't get to hide behind anything. It's not okay to share someone's personal information publicly. It's nonsense. And people say, well, what about doxing on the internet? If you're an anonymous Twitter account and someone shares out your name, that's not doxing. I mean, I guess legally it might be the definition of doxing. You are who you are. Putting out someone's cell phone number bogus bogus embarrassing i'm glad tennessee got skull dragged i wish it would have been by a hundred it's good about the only thing good thing that happened for griffin all weekend yes was he got that one right paul valley also got it right which is big um stunner 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 on saturday night alabama yeah. cooked i mean it's over this does not happen it's a very weird world in which we're living. although as i said of course with clemson losing like imagine if ohio state loses a game between now and then God knows there could still be a path for two lost Alabama to find their way back into the equation. Um, but Alabama loses outright to LSU. Bold decision at the end of the game. Um, and LSU wins 31-30. to Both Paul Valley and John Proctor were on LSU. Uh, the first push that we had this weekend, Atlanta and the Chargers, 20-17. to When I was watching it, for some reason, I thought we got it at 3.5, so I was thrilled. Yeah, I and bet you I were. And then I checked it, and I was like, oh. Yeah, that, that wasn't the case. That was not the case, unfortunately. Yeah, both Griffin and I were on Atlanta, but it didn't matter. It was a push. Yeah. Andrew Stecka with the double lone wolf <laughs> hits, and yet still doesn't even manage to go 500 for the week. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Stecka was the only one of us on both Washington and the Jets. The Jets, of course, winning not only covering the 12-and-a-half, but winning outright against Buffalo. Still waiting on a more definitive word about uh, Josh Allen at this point. And then, uh, yeah, he took Washington three-and-a-half. They snuck right in there, 20-17, to 17, as uh, they fell to Minnesota. So he gets both of those by himself. Rams and Buccaneers, another push, 16-13. Tom Brady, his heroic final drive, maybe saving the Buccaneers' season. We'll find out. I'll, I, I kind of doubt it. I keep trying to tell you, Kansas City does not cover big numbers. Now, this one's particularly spectacular because the Titans couldn't complete a forward pass, and yet it still took 68 pass attempts for Patrick Mahomes and overtime for the Chiefs to win. Really weird. Like, I know the Chiefs are good, but, like, you should be able to beat a team that can't complete a forward pass, right? I get the Titans' defense is much better than I think we gave it credit for. Um, so Tennessee falls, but does cover the uh, 12 and a half number there. Myself and Paul Valley 
were the only ones on the Titans, and that was a big one for me. We'll get to it in yeah. a second. Um, obviously, we were all on Baltimore last night. Of course, they covered easily two-and-a-half-point favorites. They win by 14. So for the week, Paul Valley's your big winner. He was 4-3, and three, and now he's within a game of the top of the table. Big movement for Paul Valley from being the one that was closest. He was vice worm all the way up to being tied for a second on the table. Um, decent week for Andrew Stecka, all things being equal. He went three and four. When you're as bad as Andrew Stecka's been, that's huge because now there's only three games separating he and vice worm Kyle Ottenheimer at the bottom of the table. Bad week for most of us. Myself, Griffin, and Proctor all went two and five. Yikes. That means that now I am alone on top of the table. Feeling pretty good, huh? At 500. <laughs> 42 and 42. Blood bath. But it could be worse. I could be Kyle Ottenheimer, who's now fallen into the role of Vice Worm as he's 1 and 6 for the week, and now 36 and 48 on the year, just three games clear of Andrew Steck. A closer than the first time in a while that Vice Worm was definitively closer to the worm than to the top of the table. So that's great news for Stecka as he's inching his way back at least to the pack or Kyle Ottenheimer's moving back towards him, whatever you want to describe it as. And then there was somebody else who went one and six. <laughs> Griffin and I went two and five, and it was the best two and five <laughs> ever because this week our side bet also involved Ken Zalis. And damn near finally got me to lose a bet, my friend. Finally, I was I – was, you and I finished tied. I, yeah. I, we would have yeah. both had to have consumed, but instead, not the case. KZ will have to come <laughs> in here on uh, Thursday, and uh, he will have to consume the uh, mayo and uh, apple mint jelly sandwich. Do we know when the apple mint jelly will be arriving? It should be getting to my house sometime today. Today. So, okay. yeah, I'll so make we sure I share it out. And, uh, and, and we're going to do a healthy amount of both mayonnaise and apple mint jelly on yeah. these sandwiches. Yeah, that, that we can do whatever we agreed, whatever, whatever well, we agreed yeah. to. We agreed to a healthy amount of both items on this sandwich all right you're gonna make it we okay. can make it in person on thursday that's all fine right, got it but i want a healthy amount of these items on this sandwich that ken's Alice got it kz that's the way it's gonna go all right uh that is our picks recap for the week as uh we will do picks again on thursday uh, let's <laughs> yeah that's a good joke proctor but i'm gonna leave it alone for now um hi micah how are you pal Let's quickly do uh, Pats on the Ass. Pats on the Ass brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan the Fan doing two shows a week for you. You can find them at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss them live, you can check them, check them out. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Orioles skipper Dave Trembley yesterday. And again, if you missed it, you can find it in those locations. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, and Dave Trembley talking baseball. Uh, Pats on the ass. Quickly, Griffin, let's do it. Uh, you know the deal. Pick five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Rank them five to one with number one being your man of the match. I will begin. My number five was Marlon Humphrey. I thought he was great last night, and I think that kind of gets lost. Not only did he break up um, and make the play in the end zone to prevent the touchdown, when the Saints had their best scoring opportunity late in the first half. Um, but he also had the big sack, obviously. He was a playmaker. I thought Marlon Humphrey was excellent. He was my number five. Uh, I had uh, I had Ronnie Stanley as my number five. Uh, I think he looks pretty much all the way back. He played 100% of the offensive snaps for the first time, I guess, in like over two or almost two years. Um, and, you know, he... 
He, he's showing that he's one of the leaders on this offense and on the team as a whole. He got in Lamar's face after he was screaming at Linderbaum, like we talked about with Kadri, and uh, and uh, I mean, I think he's and he's been a tremendous help to the offense as a whole. So Ronnie Stanley is my number five. I'm with you on Ronnie Stanley. I think he's been very good. My number four is Kenyon Drake. Uh, rough first half, but obviously came to life significantly in the second. Uh, finished with over 100 yards of total offense and kind of wore the Saints down. Kenyon Drake's my number four. Kenyon Drake also my number four. How about brought that? another dynamic you know, element to this offense. Yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, my number three is Lamar Jackson, who wasn't perfect, but uh, was a huge help, obviously, in the run game, was very elusive when the Saints had opportunities a couple of times last night. Um, again, not a perfect night for Lamar Jackson, but in taking, the, in, in taking the temperature of how the Ravens won the game, he was significant. Lamar Jackson is my number also three. Also my number three. What uh, is going yeah, on Yeah, I know. Uh, you took care of the football, you know, no – like draw jaw dropping plays like uh, he normally does maybe because he didn't have as many playmakers as he normally does but uh you know still really really solid he won the help win the game for now us. let's see if our number two is the same my number two is roquan smith my number two is the newest addition to the baltimore ravens and in his coverage had a lot to do with why justin houston look, justin houston's gonna be number one i don't think there's any debate this week about who number one is um his coverage is a big reason why justin houston was able to dominate up front um, Rokon Smith was phenomenal. Rokon Smith was as advertised in game one. I still think that he's got more to offer, so he was my number two. Yeah, so I ended up leaving Roquan off of mine. He would have been my 5.1. I put Marlon Humphrey as my number two, okay. uh, but I wanted to put Ronnie Stanley on it, and I wanted to recognize him, so I decided to All leave right. Roquan off. Marlon was All my right. two, and uh, Houston won. All right, fair enough. Um, some responses that have come in. That, oh, no, you turned off my microphone. Don't do that. Don't turn off my microphone. Turn off yours when you go to do that. That is a bad thing. Uh, from Dylan, number five, Patrick Queen. Okay, four, Kyle Hamilton. Three, uh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I get it. Five, Pat Ricard. They did uh, convert the third and short there. I, I like it when they give the ball to him in third and short. Uh, four, Kyle Hamilton. Three, Kenyon Drake. Two, Roquan Smith. One, Justin Houston. KZ, five, Nick Moore, because KZ just wants to be that guy. Four, Kyle Hamilton, three, Roquan, two, Kenyon Drake, one, Justin Houston. Sean, uh, five, Mike McDaniel. Okay, four, Marlon Humphrey, three, Kenyon Drake, two, Lamar, one, Justin Houston. Shauna gets in. Five, Tyler Linderbaum, four, Roquan Smith, three, Lamar Jackson, two, Kenyon Drake, one, Justin Houston. John Proctor, five, Morgan Moses. <laughs> As he point, Despite the accidental forced fumble, Moses was all over the field for blocking. <laughs> he, uh, I, was like at, I think he was like the highest graded PFF. Uh, it was just it was just offense. a really awkward look. And then uh, later in the game when Lamar literally shoves him over <laughs> <laughs> to try to go pick up the first down. That was pretty funny. Four Roquan Smith, three Kenyon Drake, two Calais Campbell, one Justin Houston. Continue to get me your responses. We'll continue to share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio for Pats on the Ass after the Ravens win last night. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They've got $6.99 apps every night after 9 p.m., including their delicious smoky thigh wings. Get your order in, glorydaysgrill.com. The Oktoberfest menu is still available right now, as always, at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. College basketball season got underway last night. Of course, our next guest was in here with us last Monday for the College Basketball Preview Show, and he will be joining us every Tuesday during college basketball season. He is our friend Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course, on Twitter from the Washington Post, and he is here with us on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I am well, Glenn. Better than everybody that had to 
dodge traffic on the beltway with a tipped over cement truck Ooh. yesterday Ooh. yeah it was, Ooh. It, 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 i think that played a little bit of a role in the in the crowd that, that maryland did or did not get yeah but it was it was you know between that you got daylight savings time kicking in so you've got the you've got the 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 road you know the glare the sun glare as the sun setting and whatnot it was it was not good. Yeah. Not good out there on the road well, yesterday. Well, but, I mean, how could you not be determined to make sure you're there for the Maryland-Niagara basketball game? It's just, you, can, you can't well, I mean, I, I, know, I, know I was. I know I was there an hour and 45 minutes before I, tip As I would expect. As I would expect from you, my friend. Um, all right, so what, admittedly, I was traveling and then I had to do the football game last night. I did not get to watch much. Um, I, I, Donta Scott obviously jumped off the page of me in the box score, hitting three threes to boot. What did maybe did we learn anything from the first taste of this team this season about what this this group might look like as they move into you know more significant basketball games? Yeah, I, I kind of walked away from it kind of with a mixed bag here. Like I, I think we we talked last week about this. This has a chance to be a pretty good starting five, and everything after that's a bit of a question mark. And, and my opinion of that really didn't change. I mean, they went they went nine deep up until the final two minutes of the game after things were in hand. You know, and they've got some guys like, you know, I think Ian Martinez has improved over last year, and, you know, Patrick Emelian's a solid player. I, I don't know if he's going to be a great Big Ten player, but a solid reserve forward. Uh, but, but I don't think it's a terribly deep team. Uh, you know, I thought defensively they were, they were caught, you know, on some weak side stuff a lot throughout the night. And, and some of that was a function of Niagara ran some really good things. And Niagara was not interested in bombing away. I almost feel like this is a Maryland team that would would be very happy to find teams that will, you know, just bomb away and, and take a ton of threes. Now, you know, remind me, I said this at some point right. when somebody shoots right. twelve or twenty-one against them from outside. Uh, but you know, I thought offensively it took a little while. You know, and I shouldn't say a little while because they actually shot well early, and then they just kind of got into a funk. And some of that was a matter of. Of going into the into the reserves and, and maybe not having guys that were as familiar with playing with each other as 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 you would like, and and that will get fixed in time. Yeah, I, I kind of walk away from it as you know, there, there's it, it, it's good to win by 22, but there's still a long, long ways to go for this group. And you know, I thought that there's a stretch there early in the second half where where Jameer Young had a couple second chance buckets and 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 had a in between those two. Uh, played a role on a really good defensive possession. I thought maybe their best defensive possession of the night. They had, had attempted a trap near midcourt, uh, and then uh, and then got a shot clock violation. So one thing I would also tell you is people were talking about how they're going to play fast. They're going to play fast. They had 57 possessions last night, mm. and so no, they're not playing mm. fast. Mm. Uh, and I don't think I don't think this is a team that is going to be capable of doing that in large part because of the depth issues like you can you're only going to be able to do that sort of selectively so i i kind of like the fact that they did a little bit of trapping and pressing uh selectively it was not just you know it was it was not the second coming in 1994 arkansas let's put it that way so i I remember kevin willard mentioned something a couple times that we chatted with kevin willard so far he mentioned trying to be someone who coaches to what the players are do you get the sense that that's more the situation where He's adapting to what he has. Well, I think that's certainly some of it. I mean, he's. I I think he knows. I think he already has a pretty good idea what the path to success is going to look like for them. Uh, I'll just point out that 
that his teams at Seton Hall, let's just rattle off what they were ranked in tempo uh, based on Ken Palm over the course of his tenure there. 60th with a bad team, 186, 221st, 206, 105 with a 500 team, 92nd with a 25-win team, 214th, 103rd with a 22-win team, 100th with a 20-win team, 93rd with a 21-win team, 264th, 167th last year. So what that tells me is, is that especially later on in that tenure, the better teams that he had tended to push the pace. You know, you look at 14 and 13 in 2021, and they're 264th. So I think that backs up your idea that he's going he's gonna to play it to what the roster looks like, which in a lot of ways I think is a good sign because it's somebody that doesn't sound like they're particularly wedded to doing things one way no matter what. Um, you and I didn't talk a lot about Maryland's schedule last week, and I, I guess you know if there's good news, they they have a little bit of a of a kind of an on ramp here in this first couple of weeks to to you know I am not sure how good they're going to end up being, but to keep working on some of these things. Tell me what jumps out at you ahead of Big Ten play. What is it that you think is most significant? Maybe a game that perhaps people look at on paper and say, well, there's an easy one for Maryland. Maybe isn't quite as easy as everyone thinks that it is. Well, I think the team that we talked about a little bit last last week, St. Louis, uh, yeah. is, that's going to be a tough one, I think, in that, in that first game up in New England. And I think it's Providence or Miami the next time out. Uh, I, I don't know if Louisville is going to be a, too daunting a task, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, that's a Louisville team that, that just lost a – an exhibition game to to Division Two Lenore Ryan and and only scored forty seven points in that game. So you know, I, I think that Louisville is obviously another team that new coach kind of rebuilding the thing. Uh, and obviously the highlights of the non conference schedule those back to back games against Tennessee and UCLA in the middle of December. Uh, and and certainly those are those are the sorts of games that if, if they get a split that's great. Right. I mean you can just say right now get a split that's awesome. Be competitive in both games. That's pretty good too. Um, it, it, but if we're sitting here and, and trying to size up like one of those games prior to Big Ten play that, that might be a little tricky, uh, I would actually toss out Coppin. You know, as as the you know the Juan Dixon return game. It's the day after Thanksgiving. It's sure. kind of a, a sleepy spot on the schedule, uh, and you know Cop, you know he, Juan's going to be fired up to go in, and you get the, you probably have a sense that that his team will be pretty fired up to go in and have that opportunity. The only question I think with Coppin at that stage is, is have they already gone on the road enough at that point to, you know, they lost last night to Charlotte. They're at Georgetown tonight. They'll be at Marshall and Towson and Tennessee tech between now and then, um, you know, will they just be a little run down at that point? But I, I also think that they won't be as run down as they might've been if they were playing the schedule that they had last year. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, all right. Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Patrick, the other storylines from last night, what jumped out at you most on night one of college basketball season on the local front? On the local front, I would say that I would say Towson having a little bit of trouble there. Okay. Um, kind of pe- dispatching Albany. You know, that game, you know, that was tied with 3.30 to play. They were actually down with four minutes to play. Finished strong. They didn't give up the field goal in the last 4.49. Um, but... I, I do think that that's one of those, was, was it a little bit of nerves? Was, was it a little bit of, oh, we've only got a seven-man rotation for this game? Uh, kind of what went into it. You know, you also have, I mean, there's a little bit of foul trouble, but you know, I, I do wonder, you know, as much as Pat Scary talked about, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play these guys a ton, I don't know how sustainable it's going to be to see 
Timberlake with 37, Cam Holden 30, Charles Thompson 32, Jason Gibson 30 minutes all the way through. So I think for them, if they can if they can develop a little bit more, they they did not use an extra big guy in that game. Uh, you know, which was I think the big question with them was it going to be Chase Parr? Was it going to be somebody else? That that would be one thing that jumps out at me. Uh, another game that stood out, I, I thought, even though you know, it was probably a little, the final score was a little deceptively close for Loyola. I mean, tra- it trailed by 14 with, with two and a half minutes to play uh, before closing within six. Uh, it actually got within four briefly in the final minute. They lost 72-66. Uh, but I thought that was a pretty good showing for them out at DePaul. And, you know, you know, Kenny Jones with 20 points in that game and Golden DK with nine points and 11 rebounds. Uh, that, that was probably... You know, a, a good spunky showing for a team that, as we talked to Tavares Hardy last week, you know, it was definitely going to be a work in progress uh, for Loyola as uh, as they moved on uh, from having lost Cam Spencer at the end of last season. And by the way, in a related note, Cam Spencer goes out for Rutgers last night, starts, scores 17 points huh. on 7 of 13 shooting as they beat Columbia by 40. Um. Yeah, look, man. I, you know the kid, the kid can play. There's no question about it. There's uh. I, you know we'll see as they move into uh, Big Ten play. But you know, once upon a time, uh, his brother equated himself pretty well in the Big Ten. So it's not going to surprise. Yeah, just me. A, just a little bit. Yeah, not going to surprise me at all if he equates himself pretty well in the Big Ten as well. All right. Um. Let's just look at the so the national landscape. I know it was kind of a soft open. There weren't a ton of big games. Anything that particularly jumped out at you last night on the national landscape? And and it feels like. It, it's you know that was a bit of a soft opening that this weekend provides maybe more of a grand opening for college basketball with some more marquee games. Yeah, a little bit more. And I, I mean, you kind of look at some of the some of the maybe mild surprises. Uh, there were a couple upsets. You know, I think Cal got beat by UC Davis out in the Pac-12. Florida Gulf Coast uh, went out and beat Andy Enfield and Southern Cal out out in LA. How about so, that? So those were a couple. The the Sam Houston buzzer beater to beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the only team in the Big 12 that lost. Uh, you know, so, so there were certainly a few of those that, that, that stood out. Florida State basically not only having eight guys that it played in a loss to Stetson. So you're kind of sitting there kind of picking at, well, you know, who had the surprising losses on this particular night? Because I don't think that there was a, you know, a really galvanizing upset. Middle of the American Athletic Conference had some questionable losses. Temple lost in overtime to Wagner. Uh, Central Florida lost in double overtime to UNC Asheville, uh, and South Florida uh, got knocked off by Southeast Missouri State by three in regulation. Uh, most interesting games to you? I mean, I guess Gonzaga-Michigan State on the ship probably stands out the most. I know maybe it's not a, a dominant Michigan State team, but it's still Gonzaga-Michigan State. Anything else that stands out to you and says over the course of the next week, um, th- this is this is a really good one to start college basketball season? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any any one in particular that that stands out like that. Um, you know, like you said, Gonzaga. Gonzaga you, you, anytime you're involving a boat, right? Right. Like that, yeah. That stands. That. I mean, we're we're not too far away. It's uh, next Tuesday. I guess it'll be. We'll talk before then. But you've got the uh, you know the the, the Champions Classic right. with Kentucky and Michigan State and Kansas and Duke, uh, which you know has kind of felt like the the artificial. You know, start you know start of the season tip off type of thing here. You got the the game in the baseball stadium, even though it's not a great game. I believe it's Wisconsin 
uh, Wisconsin's taking on Kansas State, I think it is. Oh right, uh, in in, in uh, the Brewer Stadium. Yeah, uh, they were they were. I, so, I got I got inundated with advertisements for that while I was out in Madison this week. <laughs> it was a uh, popping great, up everywhere. Great, great. It was not Kansas State. It was Wisconsin and somebody. I'm, I'm um, forgetting who it was. Uh, hang on a second. Hang was on a second. it Stanford? Uh, yes, thank you. It's exactly who it was. And it's, it's Kansas State because they're doing Stanford. a doubleheader. They're doing a women's game as well. And it's that's the what Kansas it was. State that's... women are playing. I, that's, yes. Okay. Yes. The Brew um, City but... Battle is what they're calling it. And I kept getting advertisements so that, so that, for it. So that's, that's kind of interesting just yep. for as a venue type of thing. Great week, by the way, for you to cho- choose to go out the mat. It's ah, great weather. Yes, really, really great decision making on my part. All right, anyway, let's move on. What are you going to do? Um, if, if for those of you that are new, Patrick Stevens, uh, under- he knows the history of teams that random baseball players have played for more than they know their own history. That you could ask certain players, hey, name all the teams that you played for, and they might forget a couple, but Patrick Stevens would not. Now, we've been doing this. When did we start playing this game, Patrick? How many years ago it's was been this? At least, it's been at least three years. I, it, the I pro- mean, it's- and, and, and Patrick and I, by the way, sometimes when we've hung out, have played uh, the home version of can Patrick Stevens name all of the teams this particular player has played for. So we've gotten to a very difficult place where we've had some rules in play that – the player had to make at least one all-star game. They couldn't be utterly and completely random, although maybe Patrick could name all the teams that, say, Tim Hewlett or Jeff Rebelay played for over the years. He had to make at least one all-star game, and they had to play for at least five seasons past 1980 in order for, uh, for them to qualify. Those are some of the rules. I had implemented the rule that they had to play for at least five teams. We have really gotten down to the bare minimum of players that qualify that, that have played for at least five teams. We'll still throw a couple in, but I'm acknowledging they are really ball busters at this point. They are. Well, I also I also think that we probably need to expand the 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 dates back Ooh. at least five, if not ten years. Oh, you're sort of, you're feeling confident about you? You feel good about going back into the seventies? I'm I'm willing to do that just to to, to get a few more names the on the list. Okay, all right. So we'll do that moving forward. I'll add some more five team. But what we've been doing most recently is one. Really different five, really difficult five-team guy, and then you know a, a more reasonable consideration for a four-team guy, and let's see how it goes. But this might be the last one we do because again, I, Patrick, if you saw the list of the five-team guys that are left, you would shake your head at, at some of these names. The one I came up with again, just a one-time All-Star, and I'm acknowledging I couldn't have named more than two. But we'll see how you do with Rondell White is our five-team guy, and he's actually more than five teams. <laughs> He's seven teams for Rondell White. Rondell White, good lord! Yes, I, well, I'm acknowledging almost impossible. Like it, that feels like somebody that that feels like somebody that played everywhere and yet nowhere other than Montreal. I, 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 by the way, I could name Montreal, and then I could name the one place he went to after Montreal. I could not name the place where he was an All Star. Actually, <laughs> um, all right, so I. Uh, we're going to really disappoint people trying yeah, to I know. figure this out. This is not a great start. Yeah, I understand this, that. But we got to. This yes. is not a. All right. So, am I remembering him as a Red Sox? Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Maybe, maybe, okay. we, maybe we bail. <laughs> am, I re- am I remembering him as a Red? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. boy. Oh, no. You want to talk about somebody that must have been pretty oh, anonymous? Oh, no. Yeah. Willis? 
Uh, okay. All right. So the four-team guy for this week. <laughs> oh boy, this isn't good. Oh no, this isn't good. Oh, wait, no. wait, wait to leave that one. I in know. There, I'm sorry, dude. I there's only Colorado? so many guys left. In Colorado? No, it wasn't. Oh, I I really think we should move on. Um, yeah. How about we do a pair of four-team guys? How about we do that instead? And I can deceptively edit this later. Uh, <laughs> how about we go with Matt? By the, do you want to know? Do you have any interest in knowing? Nah, not really. Right. Matt Holiday. <laughs> I've gotten this far. I've gotten this far without knowing yeah. it. Matt Holiday had four teams. Who were they? Matt Holiday's four teams. Well, he was obviously in in Colorado. Oh, certainly. And he was in St. Louis. Yes. And he was in Oakland. Yes, he was. And so that leaves one what right at the tail end. So right? he actually went back to Colorado for his final season. He spent 2017. He spent the full season somewhere else. 2017 Matt Holiday, someplace other than and I, and Oakland City. And I remember it well, but I only remember it well. All right, I don't want to say anything. 2017 for Matt Holiday. Um, well, you know, we, we always know how this guess goes, right? Yeah, like, I, I know where you're all failed. Yeah, um, and that's probably not where he was. Uh, so how about I, I'll just. Was he a Red Sox? No, you're so close. It was the Yankees. It was the, Yankees. the Yankees. Yep, spent that season, spent 2017. Very productive season with the Yankees, in fact. Now, of course, his son uh, with the in the Orioles system. Do you want one more four-teamer just to wash the taste out of the mouth? Sure. Sure, what, what, what the heck? How We're about a, two, up a two-time All-Star? I admit this one to me was trickier because I had utterly forgotten about the last step for him. But the other one would be the uh, a man whose name came up in the film um, Knocked Up. Was that one? Yes, it was. Hideki Matsui is the other one. Four teams for Hideki oh. Matsui. Oh, dear. Um, I can't even. I mean, he was obviously a Yankee. Yes. Um, I did not even. He played for three other teams. He did. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. This isn't good. This is not. Yeah, this is, this is not good. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> After all of that build that I gave to this segment. Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what you get. I know. That's oh, man. Get. Um. Hideki and the the other two, the other two were full seasons. Like I remember the second one really well. I sort of remember the third one. I don't remember. He finished his career with a short stint. Um, yeah. Um, mm, let's mm. throw Tampa out. Ta- by the way, Tampa is where he finished his career, and I had utterly forgotten okay. about that. <laughs> so uh, you got that one. Not uh, no San Diego though. Not San Diego and Toronto, maybe? The Angels I remembered well. That was where he went after New York. I remember that quite well. The Athletics were the other stop for Hideki. All right. I knew it was someplace. I figured it was at least one place that he DH'd. I I promise you this was was rust is all it was. This was just rust. We'll get back at it next week with a vengeance. Or or maybe we should be closer to (laughs) retiring. retiring No. We'll see how the next couple of weeks go, and then we'll decide that. Uh, Where are you going to be this week? Uh, Headed to Georgetown for Coppin and Georgetown tonight. Uh, We'll be back at Maryland on Thursday. They have Western Carolina in the Vets Classic which we talked about yep. a bit last week. Navy has uh, Princeton, St. Joe's, and Houston uh, on Friday. Uh, Saturday, back to Georgetown. They play Wisconsin-Green Bay and American and Mason on Sunday. So that gets us through the up through Sunday. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, Monday, I think it's uh, UMBC. They get they get Princeton in town. So go get a look at the Retrievers for the first time. They, they opened with a loss last night at Tulane. Uh, it's a pretty good Tulane team, though, right? It's... 
It is. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick Stevens, appreciate you, my friend. We will talk to you next Tuesday, all right? Awesome. Take care, Glenn. Thanks, buddy. Patrick Stevens. I swear to God, that game normally goes. If that was the first time hearing the game, <laughs> you'd think that it's it's a setup. No, it normally goes way better than that. I wanted to do Jerry Harrison Jr. Yeah, I get it. Had like I 10 teams, yeah. and we had one yesterday. Yeah, so. yeah, but it. he actually wasn't an all-star. Yeah, he was not. He does not yeah. qualify. Exactly right. All right, we come back in. We'll get it's a good game. It, it's a fun game, and again, normally goes a lot better than it went this week. <laughs> uh, we'll come back in with a tidbit tubular to wrap it up, and then uh, Simply the Bets coming up next, Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and Bo smoker profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season discussing every signing trade and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training you can watch us at youtube.com slash pressbox online and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcast so tune into the bat around with paul valley and zach goodman every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, 
We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, let's try to do this quickly. Reminder, Tyus Bowser Show returns next Tuesday night, November 15th. One week from tonight, we will be at Mother's North Grill in Timonium with Tyus and his special guests. Come join us. It's all a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill as well as Maryland Vascular Specialists. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Great to see him back out on the field last night tidbit uh how pressing is uh it? it's a quick one we can do it pretty quickly i right. just kind of want to highlight be justin houston uh, uh, hang, on, hang on tidbit is brought to you uh, by our friends at FanDuel. of course online sports betting is coming to the state of maryland it's starting the next couple of weeks and press box will be your source for the best offers and sign up incentives starting now you get 100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to pressboxonline.com offers and the 100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you'll get when they go live. Pressboxonline.com slash offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Two and a half sacks last night for Justin Houston. He is now tied for second in the league lead in sacks, eight and a half on the season. Who is he? Who is in first, and then who well, is he tied I know it's Matt Judon in, in first. I know that for yes, sure. Yes, Matt Judon, um, 11 and a half. And Zadarius is one of the guys yep, that he's tied Zedarius with. Zadarius is one of the guys he's tied with. And I'm sure that was the point of all this. Yes, it um, was. Yes, it was. Could you try to round, round out the top six real quick? Uh, Parsons. Parsons has eight. He is fourth, fifth. He is fourth, fifth. Uh, God. Um, I just saw this is the funny part. Uh, uh, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa tied for second, eight and a half. Von, Von Miller. Not Von, Von Miller has seven. Not uh, not not top list. six though. Uh, all right, just tell me who was it. Miles Garrett seven. And ah, eight. damn it! I knew that. Yes. All right, sack leaders. This very good. Thank you. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ravens will be back at home, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday to take on Carolina. If you have not sampled the cooking from the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, then you can stop by the game day firehouse, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium, the Firefighters Union Hall. Try some food from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Register to win your own Ginsu Kamado Grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can also use the code TAILGATE when you order yours and save $100, ginsugrills.com. Uh, not a lot going on tonight as uh, both the, the NBA is taking the night off for Election Day. College basketball, a sparse schedule. Patrick Stevens mentioned there is one local team in action, Coppin State at Georgetown at 8.30 on Fox Sports 1. Um, yeah, there's just not much. One Big Ten game, Milwaukee and Purdue on Big Ten Network at 6.30. Some college football tonight, Maction on CBS Sports Network, Eastern Michigan and Akron at 7. Ohio, Miami, Ohio at 7.30 on ESPN 2. ESPN will unveil the new college football playoff top 25, which will include a new number one tonight at 7, then Ball State Toledo at 8 o'clock. TNT, Oilers Lightning, 7.30, Predators Kraken at 10, ESPN Plus and Hulu for Wild Kings at 10.30, the USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, no, it's all election uh, coverage. On HBO at 10, there's a Say Hey Willie Mays documentary on oh. HBO at 10. Yeah. You know who made it? That's interesting. That's all right, we, we, don't have we don't have the time. We don't have the time. Yeah, it looks good. All right, very good. All right, uh, thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Kadri Ismail. Thanks to Joe Serpico. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, anything tomorrow? Uh, DJ Brown from oh, yes. Notre Dame. Oh, yes, Maryland native. Uh, from uh, He's a starter for Notre Dame. They're, of course, playing against Navy in Baltimore on Saturday. So that's a big game coming up this weekend. 
Uh, I'm sure Drew will join us. Stuff and things coming up on tomorrow's edition of the program. Uh, Micah's Micah.Ernest on uh, Instagram, so follow him there. Follow us, or follow Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. We're at Glenn Clark Radio on all socials. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants, FanDuel, and the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, Glory Days Grill, Guilford Hall Brewery, the, um, the Great Eights memorabilia, as well as the Baltimore County Police Department and Royal Farms and the Costas Inn. Thanks to oh, I did all the thank yous, didn't I? I just did that part. Thanks to Griffin. Oh, you know, man, I'm, it's my first day back. Get, give me a break. All right, give me a break. He's it, on Wisconsin time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still nine, no, ten fifty one. <laughs> We got to get to Simply the Bets. We got to do that. Let's do Simply the Bets now. Have a great Monday night, Tuesday night. Jesus. <laughs> Go copping. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Go right back to where you started. And uh, Simply the Bets is coming up next. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you as we get you ready for the Ravens' bye week of betting. Opportunity for you to just spend the day drama-free, spend the entire weekend thinking about your bets and nothing else at all. Of course, we also know that the World Cup is just around the corner. Lots going on in the world of sports betting. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, as I said, at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And I learned, we'll be talking a little bit later on in the program to Leon Twyman. I, I was finding out more about how they're going to be integrating mobile betting with the sportsbook, and it's a really cool thing that they're going to be doing because we know that mobile sports betting is going to be going live in Maryland the next couple of weeks. So we're going to find out more from Leon about just exactly what that's going to look like as you'll be able to sit in the sports book and bet on your phone, but like cash out, you, you can get cash from your mobile betting right there at the window. He's going to explain that more to us. As we know, that is just around the corner. But we begin, as we do every week on Simply the Bets, by heading out to Vegas. This man had a pretty good week last week. He is with VEASAN. He is our friend, Aaron Oster, and he's back with us here on Simply the Bets. Aaron, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing good, and yeah, it was a good weekend, both in football and uh, Astros came through for me. Yeah, so that one from a couple weeks ago, I also had uh, put the, a bet in on the Astros on the series spread of one and a half, so it was looking a little dicey when they were down 2-1 in the series, but... Never a doubt, yeah, never a doubt. Yeah, they did, uh, they did the cash things in. We didn't even talk about it um, on this show today, because I wasn't here yesterday, and we had football to talk about, but... Um, you know, they turned things quite nicely in that series and allowed us to cash in. Uh, Aaron, like myself, also bet the under in uh, Monday Night Football, and that hit with only 40 total points and a Ravens 27-13 win. 
And then your side of the teaser was the winner. I was wrong. You were right. Mm-hmm. I got to give you credit on that as uh, your nice little teaser on the Bengals and the Seahawks played out uh, quite pleasantly for you. So that one was a good one. Uh, Griffin also gave you some more good news. Uh, back in oh, yeah. April, you told us that betting Juan Soto to be NL MVP was a loser bet. Yes. And we knew that for some time, but uh, it became official yesterday that he was not one of the finalists. We knew he would not be MVP. Also, it did become official. We talked about it last week. You are over five and a half wins for the Seahawks bet. Uh, became official as they got their sixth win over the weekend. The bad news for you? Uh, a little while back, you said uh, Shane McClanahan was a good long-term Ooh. bet at plus 750 to win the AL Cy Young Award. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. That's, uh, that's... I, I think there is another Cy Young Award bet hovering out there, but we'll we'll see that in a couple weeks. Is there? Is there, Griffin? What's the other one? That's... I believe he had Sandy Alcan- Alcantara Ooh. to win the NL MVP. So. No, no, or or no, Cy, Cy Young. Cy Young, yes. Cy Young. yes. Uh, you, but unfortunately, you had, you had at one point suggested Martin Perez to be a nice long shot. Oh, yeah, for at like 75 to 1 or something. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that one not so much. It was at 60 to 1, by the way, were the numbers there. You also okay. at one point had uh, Vladimir Guerrero at 35 to 1 as a nice long shot bet to win AL MVP. That will not be happening either. And uh, you did at one point suggest that Michael Thomas to lead the league in receiving at 35 to 1 was a good long shot Ooh. as well. Don't think that one's going to no, be. No, that one's going to be. No. I don't think that one's going to be coming home for you either. But again, good week last week. Let's look to build off that this week with the five L's of sports betting for the week: a local, a long-term, a long shot, a loser, and a lovable bet for the week. Let's begin locally. No Ravens this week, so Aaron, where are you headed? Hey, there's no Ravens, but there is still a game at MNT Bank Stadium. That is true. When it comes to college football, I love looking for that letdown spot. And is there a bigger letdown spot this week Whoa. than Notre Dame after their win over Clemson? Whoa. I mean, I hear you, but where I, I, where are you going exactly with this? Well, I, it, you know, you kind of think about it. You miss a letdown spot. Huge letdown spot with a quick turnaround on triple option and a road trip to boot. And I like Navy with the points here. And, wow. you know, yeah, Notre Dame has handled Navy lately, but it's They haven't played in Maryland since 2014, and three of the last four times that these teams faced in Maryland, Navy has kept it within 10 points. So give me Navy plus 16 and a half in this one. And this is one where you might want to just kind of wait and see if it ticks up to 17. You can get that 17. Because, you know, not really a huge difference between 16 and a half and 16. If you see it moving the wrong direction, you can go out and play it. But it might be worth it to wait it just to see if it goes the other way and you can get that extra half point, or you can even buy that extra half point if you really want to. I think 16.5 is a big number. I think Navy keeps it you know, within 10, and uh, they probably don't win, but I think they'll cover. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, I don't I don't think there's a chance they're going to win, but boy, that yeah. is a uh, that is a bold bold pick. I I I I hear the thought process. I'm just unfortunately <laughs> I haven't you know especially. Like I might have felt differently about this if Ty Lavatai, you know, hadn't gotten hurt, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I they scored ten points against the Cincinnati team. That's kind of meh. Like yeah. I don't. I hear you. I, I know, hear you. It's it, 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 it's surely the spot. I hear you. I hear you. The letdown factor is real. You 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 beat Clemson. You feel like you're on top of the world and. 
you know, a reminder that Notre Dame has not been very consistent this season. So I, I hear the thought process. I just, I, I'd have to stay away from it. That again, Saturday at noon in Baltimore for Navy and Notre Dame. All right, let's go long term. Give me a futures bet that you've got your eye on for this week. Uh, you know, uh, lately I've been giving you college basketball plays for the long term, and I'm going to continue to do that here. And one team I really love this season is uh, San Diego State. I think when all is said and done, they could end up as a top two seed in the tournament, like a, a one or two seed, not one of the top two seeds overall in the tournament. And part of the reason is I think they're going to really run through the Mountain West. So the conference is solid. I think San Diego State is just that much better than everyone else. The starting lineup consists of four seniors and a junior, making them one of the most experienced teams in college basketball. And three of those players were San Diego State starters last year, and two uh, pretty impact starters, or should be impact starters, transferred in. Um, which, by the way, incidentally, if it pops up, and I know it has in other books, also really makes me like them for the Maui Invitational in a couple of weeks, but that's not up on FanDuel yet. They're minus 140 to win the Mountain West right now, and well, I think that's an okay number on its own. Uh, one thing FanDuel does that is pretty cool is allows you to parlay futures, so I'm going to take that minus 140 and parlay the, it with another uh, bet that I think is it's kind of a no-brainer and it's just something I want to stick in uh, stick in a parlay to uh, make it a little juicier. Give me Houston to win the American. I think that's an okay. absolute no-brainer when you combine those two two things. It's plus 130. Yeah. So San Diego State to win the Mountain West, Houston to win the American, plus 130. All right, that's bold. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I see no reason not to think that you know Houston won't cruise, frankly, to the America East title, um, the number three team in the country for a reason. And mm-hmm. and yeah, I I'm I I like that bet. I I absolutely I'm on board with that. By the way, the numbers have actually moved a little bit. Uh, that parlay is now plus one seventeen. So yeah. well, still plus money. Still plus right. money. I agree with that. Plus one seventeen now for those two at uh, Houston minus three seventy and San Diego State minus one forty, right now to both win their conferences outright respectively. All right, where are you going for an underdog? Who's your long shot this week? Well, you asked me a, a favor last week. You said, you know, look for a long shot that can cash this week. Don't, yeah, you know, don't maybe, look for those long-term and, locks. And, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming necessarily. I feel like sometimes we've been looking for extreme underdogs, and they don't always have to be that way. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you hear the story about the uh, the dude that cashed in the $700,000 bet at uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook here at Live Casino and Hotel two weekends ago? I, I don't think I did actually. It was literally just now. It was a big. It was a big buy. It was a five thousand dollar ticket, but it was all just three NBA underdogs. That's it. Just three oh. NBA underdogs that were all at about uh, plus four hundred, all on the same ticket. And I don't remember who they were specifically. We could find it in a minute, but cashed at seven hundred thousand dollars. Again, bought it at a big price, right? Bought it at five thousand dollars. That. You know, a normal person still. buying that ticket's not cashing out at seven hundred thousand, but a normal person, you know, buying that ticket at five bucks is still coming away with seven thousand dollars on that exactly. ticket just on NBA game underdogs on one given night. So I just I feel like they don't don't have to be so extreme when it comes to underdogs. Absolutely. So uh, I I did find one that cashes this week. I went into FanDuel's weekly specials for NFL. Um, Usually when you look at these, it's something where they have a couple obvious ones. It's, it's basically a parlay. They give you a situation, give you a parlay, and usually one of these legs is less likely to cash, and that's where they get you. But I found one that, yes, it, it has the one leg that's less likely to cash, but I still think there's decent value in it. There's a bet. It pays out at plus 900, and that's will Geno Smith 
Tua Tagovailoa and Derek Carr each to have two passing touchdowns in the game. Geno Smith has two passing touchdowns in six of the last seven. Going to Germany, a little bit of a, a question mark there, but definitely can uh, tear up this Buccaneers secondary. Uh, Tua has three touchdowns in the past two, and then Derek Carr is a big question mark. And while the Colts defense has actually been pretty good and not allowing passing touchdowns, it's also because they really haven't played any good quarterbacks this season. Um, and, and obviously there's who knows what's going on in Indianapolis. I don't hate just completely fading them uh, this week and, quite frankly, this year. So when I'm getting each of those quarterbacks throwing two touchdowns plus 900, I think that might be worth a sprinkle. Yeah, you know, I don't hate that, right? I don't I don't hate it at all. And to your point, yes, you're, you're throwing in one that you're taking a chance on, and it does make you wonder, right? Like, what do they know? Um, I, I I don't I don't hate that bet. I think it's 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 an it's a fun one too, right? I think I I don't know if Griffin has it for tidbit this week, but I saw someone who had a ticket of like four different players all scoring two touchdowns this week and ended up being a huge win. I don't know. I, I like that one. I'm on board. All right, we continue with Aaron Oster from Veasan out in Vegas. He's giving us his five L's of sports betting for the week. Now we come to the one that you say whatever you do. Anything you want to do this week, that's fine. Maybe consider doing drugs before you do this. Not really. I don't <laughs> think he actually means that. But whatever you do with your life. Gamble responsibly. Yes, correct. <laughs> you know, like go sit, park yourself, play Call of Duty for about 50 hours consecutively if it prevents you from getting to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Doc uh, to make this bet. What is your loser bet of the week? You're, you're going to hate this one because it's one of those where it's like, yeah, my hit, but it's just Why? Completely what are we ridiculous. doing with that? What are we doing with that? Because it's a loser bet. It's a loser bet. Don't bet this because it's, it's outrageous, the price of this one. It, it's something that, you know, I had kind of been tracking over the past two weeks, and I can't believe we're at this point. You realize for NBA Rookie of the Year, which is, what, we're two weeks into the season, mm. Paolo is minus 600 to win it. What? Minus six hundred. Oh, Griffin says it's moved to minus seven already. <laughs> okay, minus seven hundred. What? Um, that's completely and utterly insane. I understand Paolo's been awesome. He's been fun to watch. He's pr- probably going to win it, but minus seven hundred? Are, are you out of your mind? Like he's not even minus seven hundred to, you know, not get injured probably in the NBA. Um. That's a completely, and I get it. People are getting super excited. They're putting down money, and the casinos just have to move accordingly. Uh, that's completely and utterly absurd. If you had any thought of playing Paolo, just put it out of your mind, at least for now, because playing 700 right now is the definition of a loser bet. Um, look, man, I'm, I, 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 I agree with your premise. I understand that it, the odds... Why? Why? Why would you ever be betting on on that? It's, now that all that being said, I still don't like the term because he might very well win Rookie of the Year, and so that's a it's tricky. But yeah, I, I'm not feeling so great about my Keegan Murray ticket that I have for Rookie <laughs> of the Year. Not that one. Not feeling very good about at the moment. 
All right, and what's the one that you say uh, on the flip side? Get there immediately. Cancel all of your plans. The hell with the election. Who needs to vote? Voting's dumb anyway. <laughs> what you need to do is get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And I want to make that very clear. Those were Aaron Oster's words and not Glenn <laughs> yeah, Clark's sure. words. Glenn Clark believes in democracy, believes in the American way. Aaron Oster says the hell with all that. You know what the real American way is? Making this bet in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. What do you love? I mean, you know what the real American way is, is having uh, voting ballots in the sports book. I am, I think I'm not a, I'm not a, not, what, what could possibly go wrong? What <laughs> could possibly go wrong? Um, and, and it is something that you need to get out there quickly because this line is on the move. I liked it a little bit better yesterday. But um, you know what? I, wanna, I want a quick hitter here. I don't want to wait till Saturday. I don't want to wait till Sunday. I want a, a bet I love to cash one way or another tonight, Ooh. and we have Maxion on the table. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I Look, trust me, I, I love a degenerate as much as the next guy, but uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Go I ahead. love me some Maxion. Who ahead. doesn't love some Maxion? Uh, Miami, uh, Miami of Ohio and Ohio face off tonight. And uh, Miami of Ohio has actually been one of the more disappointing teams this season. A big part of that, though, is because their starting quarterback, uh, Brett Gabbert, was injured back in September. He returned uh, a couple weeks ago and has definitely looked rusty. But uh, I think he puts things together this week against a really porous Ohio defense. Meanwhile, Ohio has a top-20 passing offense based on several metrics. I think we're going to see a shootout in this one. The total was at 50.5. It's ticked up to 51.5. I still like it here and probably would play it probably another point. I wouldn't go too crazy chasing the steam if it gets there. But right now I like it. So give me over 51 and a half in the Ohio Miami of Ohio. All right. Very good. You know what? I, I could use, there's not a lot going on tonight, so I could use some action on something. Maybe I'll, you know, send a few dollars that way just to ride with you for this one. And then I'll yell at you tomorrow when it fails me and I hate you forever. That's the way that that will go. Of course. Uh, remind everybody what's going on with Vison, my friends. Uh, Vison, you know, college basketball has started. Our college basketball guide is out. We also will have a, a World Cup guide coming out next week. So plenty of stuff to uh, bet on full slates of college basketball, NBA, NHL at all times. We have all of that information for you at vison.com. Of course, the World Cup begins in just 12 days on November 20th, the first match of the World Cup. At the Aoster on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, appreciate it, pal. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Hope everyone has their best. That's Aaron Oster checking in with us from Vison out in Vegas here on Simply the Bets. Simply the Bets is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. So what do you say we head there next? Find out more about what's going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook with our guy, General Manager Leon Twyman. That's coming up. This is Simply the Bets. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer.
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate to Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 12th at any of the 13 Baltimore area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate and you will also get a free t-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And let's head there right now as the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel is standing by. He is our friend Leon Twyman, and he's back with us. Uh, Leon, you didn't write any uh, more $700,000 tickets this weekend, did you? (laughs) Well, you want to hear a funny story about that? Oh, so uh, we've gotten back about 550000 of that. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you yeah. – wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. From the same person or just, you know, you had such a good From weekend? From the same that, person. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> this person <laughs> won $700,000. And the answer was – and I know – I know. I was just telling the, the boys the story of – how I once lost $3,000, but I didn't really lose $3,000. I just want, lost $3,000 I had previously won, right? Like, right. I wasn't, it, it wasn't a net loss of $3,000. It was net even. I just lost $3,000 that I had, I had won betting. 
This person won $700,000, and their thought was, let's go back and risk the $700,000 that I just won. Yep, that was it. And you wouldn't believe some of these parlays that were placed. Just unbelievable. You're saying that they've, you've got 500000 of the 700000 back? Yes. <laughs> um, I got a lot of questions, but they're not for you. They're for the person that's at the center of this, and I don't think that person's going to choose to answer all of that. I guess, you know, the spin zone, there's still $200,000 to the good. That ain't bad. <laughs> like It's, not, it's not bad, yeah. but uh, last night, last night this person uh, – Actually loaded up two hundred thousand dollars on our bet pad, and wow. and placed some wagers. Wow, wow. Um, all right. How was the weekend? I would say I would guess that with that additional five hundred thousand dollars, it was probably a pretty good weekend for the book. We definitely had a good weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's still still interesting. I mean, this this football season is just crazy. Yeah, like, your, your typical teams are not winning. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a bloodbath for your boy. There were also a couple of pushes that were pretty bad for me this weekend. Th- this was a disaster. Other than if you guys happen to be following Live Casino and Hotel Maryland on uh, Twitter, in which case uh, Griffin and I were perfect this weekend. Griffin had the uh, under in uh, Army Air Force, which hit easily despite being a very small number. It no was what it was thirteen to seven. That game, uh, I threw out both the under last night as well as the Ravens scoring first. That was a nice little parlay if you hit that one uh, last night. So we we were great in those instances, but just with the games, our game bets this week, disastrous, (laughs) utterly wretched. The only good hit I had this weekend was uh, Tennessee covering against Kansas City. Everything else was a mess. All right, I want to talk about a couple of things, um, if I could, Leon. You you threw out to me last week that you guys are working to integrate um, mobile betting with the sports book. And we all know we're only a few weeks away. And I wanted to talk more about what that's going to look like because I feel like there's so much conversation right now that's being driven by mobile betting coming. And I think there's a huge opportunity for people to understand why working the two things together, the experience of being in the book, having the 100-foot media wall, having the access to like getting cash or depositing cash, um, working, and then you being able to bet from your seat with the app – like this creates maybe like a true best of all worlds scenario in the coming weeks. Yes, it does. So basically, what we're working on right now is um, integrating cash encounter. So with that, uh, let's say for instance you are betting on the FanDuel app, you can actually request your funds to be sent to here live casino in Maryland to be cashed out at the counter. Um, it is not an instant request. Unfortunately, it does take some time, um, at least 48 hours for that process um, to be approved. And then you're able, you'll get a message. Uh, and you'll also see it on the app. You're able to come to the counter at that point with your approval. We can look that up as well, and then we can pay you out. That's unbelievable, man. Like, that really is unbelievable. And then, you know, what that does for folks that just want to you know like again sit sit there all day in the FanDuel sportsbook you're not necessarily going to have to go you know anywhere to make you can make your bets from your phone and then you could end up you know walking up to the counter at the end of the day and saying hey here's what I won like it sounds like an almost almost flawless experience of hanging out in the FanDuel sportsbook definitely definitely and um, actually right now we're doing some pre-registration as well 
for that mobile app. Right. Uh, actually, par- PressBox partnered with FanDuel. We're doing a $100 pre-registration credit uh, at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. So, like, there's a lot of cool things that are involved with this as it comes. In the meantime, it's not here yet, and still plenty of great reasons to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. What are some other things that you guys have going on right now? Uh, well, we're still extremely busy. Um, you know, we we are just people are loving the same game parlay plus. Yeah, I mean those are those have just been a big hit. It, it's just unbelievable how how much action we actually take on those same game parlay plus. And of course, you can still register those Super Bowl futures bets at fanduelcom slash SBNAZ, Correct. That is correct. Still have that going. Um, you never know. You might it might be you, Glenn, sitting at the uh, yeah at the Super Bowl there, Arizona. Um, by the way, remind me what, what the odds had to be for the Super Bowl futures bets. Uh, plus 300 odds. So right now, still, everything is plus 300 or more, but for the first time, a team moved to plus 300. The Bills are the plus 300 favorites to win the Super Bowl. Of course, got to figure out what's going on with Josh Allen there, obviously. But the Bills are the plus 300 favorites. But that's still, even if you bet the favorite right now, even if you bet the Bills, that bet would still qualify for you to register that bet of $25 or more at FanDuel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z in order to win those two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Leon, uh, any other particularly interesting bets that you saw come in this week? Uh, yeah, actually we had a $5,000 bet on the uh, Tennessee and Chiefs game to go to overtime, which obviously hit. So that paid out a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, what in the what what in the world? I I have so many questions. That's such an odd specific bet to make. And you said he put five. How much did he put down on it? Five thousand dollars to win a hundred thousand. Thousand dollars on a game going to overtime. I have so many questions, man. I have so many questions on that. Again, worked out quite well. Worked out quite well, but my God. How many other $5,000 bets was this person making during the course of the weekend? Actually, that was, uh, I think that was maybe one of two bets that he made. Okay, I've got a lot of questions as to whether or not this person can see the future. I have a lot of questions <laughs> as to whether or not Nostradamus was there betting with you in the FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend. Anything else that jumped out at you? No, that was pretty much it. Um, like a, I said, we, we took in <laughs> took in the uh, the big uh, big bets, two hundred thousand yesterday. I mean, I have. If you want to hear what those uh, parlays were, you might just cringe. Sure. So sure. Uh, so a hundred thousand of it, and it was close, very close. Was Alvin Kamara over thirty eight and a half receiving yards, oh. which he was at thirty two. Oh God. Oh. And then Lamar. Yeah, Lamar Jackson over 58 and a half rushing yards. So that 100K would have paid out 327K. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, was this person, did they, do they stick around and they watch the games in the sports book? No, no, they don't stick around. They, and believe it or not, from what uh, they told me last week, uh, they usually don't watch the games because they, just don't yeah, it's too much. To yeah, okay, <laughs> I can understand that. I was wondering what that would have looked like. I just, I can't imagine being that person sitting there watching that unfold at the end of the game. My God, that would be crushing. 
Um, hey, so we, the other the yeah. other ones of it, yeah. um, we had they had seventy two thousand on Alvin Kamara to score a two plus touchdown. Ooh, ooh. Well, yeah, you were only two away. <laughs> so so close, just missed by all of them. Just missed yeah. by that. Wow, yeah. they really rode with the this with Alvin Kamara, huh? That is. Uh, Yikes. Big time yikes from last night. That is a lot of money to be losing on Alvin Kamara. My word. Maybe they learned their lesson about the Ravens defense, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's uh it's interesting, I can tell you that. Anything else? Uh there was seventeen thousand on Lamar Jackson who scored two plus touchdowns. Oof. 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 Those two I feel like those two plus touchdown bets are getting more and more popular. Like I feel like a lot of people are playing those bets recently. Oh yeah, it's it's almost a given when it comes to uh, Derrick Henry. Like I, I see that a lot. That's a good here. point. That's so, a good point. No doubt. It's it's insane. And then his last bet was uh, ten thousand on Blazers, Spurs, and Nets all to win on the money line. Ooh, ooh. Well, you know, after they had won, because uh, remember he won the big one. He won was on three underdogs, right? Right. Well, you know, Kevin Durant only missed the front end of, of the free throws when he had the opportunity to tie that game up. I'm sure that didn't make this gentleman sick at all. I'm sure Kevin Durant's <laughs> missed free throw didn't make him sick whatsoever last night. My God. All right. Very close game, for uh, sure. Leon, quickly, we are only 12 days away from – is that did I do that math right? Yeah, 12 days away from the World Cup starting. Um, there are going to be a lot of, of odd times for games do you guys have any plans yet for what that's going to look like in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel? We know, of course, the kiosks are always available. They're open 24-7. Yes. So we will definitely make sure games are on at all points. Um, I'm actually working with property now to make sure that when we aren't there and open, that someone is there overnight and they're able to put some of those games on um, that are going to be on at the odd times. So we will have that. And also, we are in the process of putting up a um, RoboKeeper just to kind of bring some excitement to the World Cup. So you can go try to, uh, uh, to test your own hand at whether or not you can score down there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. That Madison. is correct. I like that. That'll be neat. Uh, Brazil, the favorite, uh, plus 450, followed by France at plus 550, Argentina at plus 600. Um, USA at uh, you know 120 to one, but uh, hey, hey, those are those are better odds than Italy, baby. I know that much. Got a better chance than the Italians. Uh, all right, Leon Twyman, appreciate you, my friend. Let's talk again next Tuesday. All right, thank you as always for taking the time for us. All right, sounds good. Have a good one, Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Again, the World Cup gets underway. In 12 days, November 20th, will be when you can uh, start watching uh, soccer at all hours of the day. I believe the first match of the day will be at 5 a.m. local time, if I remember correctly. Will be the and we're going live right at 5, No, right? No, so. we will not be doing that. I do remember whenever the World Cup was the China-Japan World Cup. Was, that, was it China-Japan or was it South Korea? Japan hosted a World Cup, but they co-hosted it with somebody else. And the matches were truly like 3 a.m. They were on at all hours of night. This is when I was younger. I was early 20s at this point. This was like, what, the Olympics last year, I guess? I well, they were 
What do you mean? Or, or no, I'm talking about the World Cup. I, I know, but I'm trying to think. Like, because I, I remember I was watching like the Team USA basketball team play. Like, oh, 2 a.m. I, I see. World last Cup. summer or two when summer. Did, when the uh, World Cup Japan year? What year was that? That would have been 2002. 2002 ah, okay. World Cup. It yeah. was South Korea and Japan. I unfortunately can't remember. Yeah, I figured that probably was the case. I wasn't yes. even alive. Thank you, yet. Micah. Thank you. Appreciate that reminder. Wait, really? No, I was probably. I was going to say because it's in what, end of the year. No, no it's normally it's in the, in the summer. summer. Yeah. Uh, well, I was born in the summer, so I was born during the. When? What's your birthday? July 15th. You were not alive during the 20, 2002 <laughs> World Cup. What a world! Um, I was 19 years old, and so uh, I was home for the summer, and so some. But I remember it was BJ Appel's house was the house where we were getting together. Oh, dude, and BJ, BJ yeah, has loved, the best. Loved, what? His, <laughs> Shout out, BJ. If I'm being if I'm being honest, it was quite the hookup. The basement. It was BJ and Chris Appel. And the basement was theirs, like at the Appel house. That was they had, and there was another fridge downstairs. We keep oh, everything man. in. Like they had the best situation of all of us for hanging out and watching games. So like literally, we were doing the bit where we were all going there, and there'd be like ten of us, like sprawled all over the floor of the basement, <laughs> getting a nap in, to then wake up at three in the morning and watch a soccer match. And then take another nap afterwards. Like Let's we hit up were BJ. Doing. Let's go back. Dude, to I would love. I think he moved to San Diego. I would love uh, that hookup for the World Cup. I would love it if that were an option. I don't think that's the case. Although I bet if I called his parents, they would be happy. I swear to God, you still got that base. I swear. I if I called uh, Mr. and Mrs. Appel, they would say, "You guys can come crash here during the World Cup." They were they were very very kind, generous with uh, letting us uh, just do. There, God, I can only imagine that house had to just smell like nothing but farts for about. Well, it's just the basement. So for years, for years, I'm not sure if the fart smell ever came out <laughs> of that house. All right, uh, tidbit of the week. What you got for us? Uh, so Mattress Mac won uh, seventy right, five million dollars with his World Series bets. But doesn't he? This is the part that I don't understand. Right, doesn't you, he you explained hedge? it. Yeah. yeah, you explained it last week. Well, there's a couple before. of things that he does. One, yeah. like. So I, I, when we report that number, I feel like there's context missing. Yeah. I both not only does he do the bit where like the free mattresses bit, so like now you know people get free mattresses. Correct. Right. So I don't know. I I, I don't know what that total. Yeah. I wonder how much he nets right off of the free mattress. And yeah. then I'm pretty sure he is a notorious hedger of his bets. Oh, okay. So I don't know if like like he we know he won seventy five. Yeah. Th- and there are scenarios where he has Philly as well. I know he won seventy-five million, but I don't know if he netted seventy-five million in this right. process. Like I'm sure that it was still a very still, good, yeah. And he gets so much free advertising. Like it's insane how much free advertising he gets. Someone out of this. got a tattoo of him. I think this is wow. it's because, psychopathic behavior. Yeah, because I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so I, like no I get explanation it. There. it. It was definitely a good couple of weeks for old mattress Mac. Yes. Yeah. Who, I believe I mean, his name everyone is. Everyone knows. What's who his he actual is. name? I, no clue. I did it like Jim. Didn't I find out his <laughs> name isn't even Mac? It's. Uh, hang on a second. All right, Mattress all right. Mac. His real name is. <laughs> yeah, Jim. Oh, Jim McIngvale. So it's there is a Mac in his last name. Okay, it's Jim McIngvale. McIngvale. Yeah, but like still, Jeez. Mattress Mac. Your name's Jim. Changed it for the alliteration. Um. Yes, and then you were right about the uh, the uh, Bo- uh, it was Boston Connor, one of Pat McAfee's like 
henchman. Oh, he, okay. Uh, he he put uh he put twenty five dollars on Devontae Adams, uh, Austin Eckler, Etienne, Travis Etienne, and Cordero Patterson all scored two touchdowns. Twenty five dollars, thirty eight thousand dollar payout. Not a bad, not a bad little payout. Yes. Somebody also parlayed uh, Mixon, Devont or uh, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Justin Jefferson to all score the first touchdown in their respective games. Twenty five dollars, twenty five dollars as well. Sixty one thousand dollar payout. Sure. I mean, why not? I love that when it's a smaller number, right? Like, like even the the guy, the Pat McAfee guy, like twenty five bucks, really? Yeah, <laughs> you really put twenty five bucks on that? I get that it worked out, but like five bucks is what right. I'm willing to go with. Some, yeah. I'm doing something silly. I'm I'm putting five bucks on it. Start chucking like five bucks on Joe Mixon over four touchdowns. Every Seriously, week. jeez. Yeah. Maybe. What have you? Yeah. Not a bad. Not yeah. a bad event. Uh, the Jets Twitter account was having fun. They uh. Because the Jets over under win total was five and a half, so they were like five and a half wins before the bye week, right? <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. I, if I were the Jets, maybe I'd ease up on how much running of the mouth I do. <laughs> They've just been making these posts uh, for like, like decades, like, and now they're like, actually again. This is really neat what they're doing this season, and nobody, nobody in the world saw them beating Receipts. the Bills. But receipts. Mark. Let's maybe receipts. still keep in mind that they are still the Jets until proven otherwise. Uh, someone won a hundred thousand dollars on the Phillies. I can't. I no. I, yeah, I couldn't have mentioned it last week because it was Tuesday. The, uh, game three, when the Phillies hit those five home runs, they had four of those. They parlayed four of those guys that all hit. When Harper, Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, and Brandon Marsh. That was a thousand to one apparently to parlay all four of them. Wow. Okay. They put a hundred dollars on it. A hundred thousand. Seems like a pretty reasonable bet. You yeah. Know? Um and let's see and then someone put twelve thousand dollars on the Eagles to win exactly by seven to twelve points on Thursday Night Football, which they did. I and don't know, they, and they won thirty five. I mean, something about Thursday Night Football that actually probably seems like fair a fairly thoughtful bet as well, right? Yeah. Like that, I get it. It's the Eagles and the Texans. It's got, by the way, another thriller. God, how, how much does Al Michaels just hate his life right now? He goes from the Texans last week. Do they have Carolina Atlanta this week? Like. These are all of the games that if they were Sunday night games, he would have just passed off to Tarico. Like, he would have just been like, I'll see you guys next week. Every game. Every game. Like, Ravens-Buccaneers, which wasn't a great game, but is by far the best thing they've had Yeah, on Thursday night football. At, at least that, since, yeah, since what, the, the very first the, one? The, uh, the Chiefs-Chargers. Chiefs Chargers. Yep, yeah. 100%. At least, at least they, they got Panthers-Falcons now. Though, so. That's what yeah. I just said, yes. Oh, that, was the, that was the point of the bit. <laughs> I thought I didn't. I thought you didn't reveal it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, fifty dollars on Isaiah Likely to score the first touchdown. Four hundred seventy-five dollars. Okay, payout. It's not a huge payout, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Ravens related. So I, I liked it. And then finally, someone took the Ravens. They parlayed the big big Kenyon Drake uh, better for some okay. reason. Ra- they, Ravens minus one and a half. Drake to score two touchdowns and have eighty plus yards. They put fifty dollars on it. Twelve hundred dollar payouts. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. All right. Very good. That is your tidbit. Thanks today to Aaron Oster. Thanks also to our guy, Leon Twyman. We will be back on Thursday with another weekend at Bookies this Thursday morning at 1140 or 45 or 50 or, you know, whenever we get to it. Um, get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We will see you on Thursday for a weekend at Bookies. This has been Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.